some terrible decisions so whatever you guys do i'm happy to follow along perfect <laughs> all right um i suppose i should like be all formal welcome to the finale of audience <laughs> podcast i'm gonna do my best not to ruin it you won't I mean, if you really ruin it, I can edit you out, but I'm not going to do that. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking to you as the Iolocus authority. Yeah. I know. See, that's not something you want to say because. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in good company. You have two of the four darkest timeline people here at the very least. So we're we here for that shit. Yeah. Yes. All of it. Exactly. Um, so this is kind of not technically a Darkest Timeline episode, but it kind of is. We're just calling it an expanded one, I guess. It's a crossover. Because I a feel crossover, like it's- A crossover exactly. event. A crossover of our own podcast. I yes. love it. That's amazing. Um, but today we are tackling the uh, epic and historically fraught with controversy. <laughs> Uh, tale Iolocus and all of its extras by Rivcat and Mustang Sally and today we have I'm going to go in order of me so we've got Dina's here hello we've got Lynn hi we've got Casey hello we've got Fiona LA. And we have a special guest today. We have Aloysia Vergata. Do we all Hi. say that right? Yeah, it's close enough, I think. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, if we've been it. saying it wrong this whole time. I know. <laughs> no, I know. But I'd rather know. I'd it, rather it, know. It's, it's Aloysia. It's the name of a plant. Aloysia. Aloysia Vergata. It's the name of the sweet almond bush. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to go back and like edit like 75 stories now. Yeah, please get right on that. It's of prime importance to me, and I would like it taken care of. <laughs> Forthwith. Oh my goodness. Forthwith. <laughs> so, because we're all gonna butcher that probably from here until eternity, we're just gonna refer to her henceforth as AV, as That's we all fine. do, anyways. <laughs> Listen. I answer to it at this point. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we are all here. And did everybody finish? Everybody, we all finished. We all, all finished. finished. And I read the fifth. You read the what? I said, and <laughs> I read the fifth. <laughs> She's good. Pretty much. <laughs> But yeah. did we, I didn't read the, uh, the extras. Like I only read the original first. Okay. I mean, it oh was the four So you're pieces. like in a deep depression and haven't come out of a deep depression. Yeah. No, There's I'm out no of a deep depression. journey ahead of you that you're going to have to go through at some point. No, I think it was that last one. That the last piece. She just didn't read Sayadillo. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you're not in a great no, place. No, that would be <laughs> better for you. That would be a bad place to be. That no, I got so through. I, it's a good ending where I, the point where I finished. Yeah. But so I think you finished at the original ending then. Mm-hmm. Is the that court. what it is? In the yes. court, right? Right? After, yeah. just after case. the end of the trial. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I didn't know if we were at the end of Phoenix or we were at the end of the court case. And I was like, mm-hmm. those are two very different end points. No. Yeah, everybody everybody here is at the end of the court case. Yeah. Okay. But not everybody here met the Is it at the end of the year 2000? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, right. correct. Got to like run a unicorn across a, a rainbow is how. Yeah. <laughs> Start in hell. I can go nattering on about this for absolutely hours. And I do have a question though. So when how like how long did it take to write? Because it first they started writing it in 1998, is that right? And then yeah. when did well when did the over the main part of it finish? And I, then when I did they start feel holiday like it's two and a half years? Mm. But I don't know how the two and a half years were broken up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if like the first four pieces were like sequential. And then there was like, let's make up for the emotional havoc that we've wrought on the populace. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. how. (laughs) Which they kind of write that at the beginning of that last one. Like the, they say this is to make up for everyone that didn't think it was that much of a happy ending after the court case here's the thing i had spelling murder emily once and i'm not going to apologize for anything so i think that they're much nicer than i am and i applaud them for it it was brave whatever she would have 100 killed emily (laughs) don't choke (laughs) i agree i stand by my decisions i regret nothing (laughs) So who read it at the time then that it came out? Uh, shortly after, shortly after. And it was really, it was this revelatory experience. Were any of you reading a lot of stuff in the 90s, late 90s? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. And I read it. So I didn't think I'd read it. And I think I may have blocked it out of my head. I was going to say, I remember there were like specific... grim little flashbacks for you that like. That's the thing. I Probably not, but I remember a specific line, and it was towards like the end right. of of the whole saga. Um, and I remember reading it, and I had this like you know like that part in Ratatouille where the critics like goes back in time, and I had that about this specific line. I was like, oh my god! No, I, I think love I read that it. You were in like a post traumatic fugue tailspin. I- Yes, and I am going to sink back into that after this podcast and forget that I have read all of the terrible things that I read. I know, but I did. But I, I think I'm almost certain because there's no way I would have. Like the the quote I remember was at the end, and there's no way I would have just read that part. So I'm certain I read the whole thing in the late '90s, early aughts. So when I I got to, oh my god, (laughs) when I got to the court case, I didn't think I had read it either. Because we, we were talking about it with like Lynn and, and Annie about maybe doing it for like the, you know, like in the future, because it's such a big thing to tack on, you know, to tackle and take on. And um, I remember when I got to the court case with the suitcase, like the briefcase exploding right, and right. running out. And I'm like, oh, 
this sounds, this is that triggered it for me, not anything else beforehand, <laughs> but it was just, I don't know why I'm so delighted. Do you see this like starry eyed look of like happy? Yeah. Wonder on my face? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I have read this before. And usually I don't forget fix. Like I, I don't remember names. I don't remember authors, which is horrible, but I remember fix. Like I'm like, oh yeah, this happened and this and this and this, but this one, nope, nope. Not until that, that briefcase exploding. Did I go, oh, light bulb. I did read this at some point in time. Maybe you actually just read that installment somehow. No, maybe no, you, can't really, you can't really read that installment without the rest of without it everything else yeah, yeah. i don't yeah no. that would be weird yeah but i also feel like it was the 90s and we were taking whatever we could get because it was a weird yeah. smart time yeah. yeah well i was gonna ask about this because you said to me hadn't you like oh it was just like it was just so different from anything else that was out at the time so do you have any more to say about that like what 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 else was at the time and how did it compare what was the difference i think the biggest difference for me is that it was very ugly Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that it wasn't idealized that you took these people and you took the like cyclical trauma that they had been put through. And it was like, what if you actually let them experience this and you didn't make it aesthetically pleasing and you took aspects of characterization and you really, really stretched them to a breaking point and said, what if somebody actually had been medically raped and had a child created and murdered and you had somebody experiencing generational trauma and their sister had been taken like what would that actually look like for two incredibly intelligent people who also have severe emotional trauma and they're they're processing it in this way and I will tell you that there are other like comfort stories that I read that are absolutely the most nauseatingly saccharine trash that I love and would defend to the ends of the earth. And I adore them. But this is comforting because it took two characters that I really loved. And it said, what if you just let them be real people instead of palatable characters for a primetime television show? And I liked, I don't know, something about the respect that that afforded them. I guess I was 17 when this first came out and you know obviously I was in the place where 17 year olds are where you think you are the cleverest most misunderstood person and I was like clearly this was written specifically for me at an emotional level that only I can process and if everyone else doesn't get it it's because they suck and so I mean, I feel like I still feel that way, but that's fine. No, no, I know. But I've decided to blame it on my 17 year old self because no. I'm 42 now and it's time that I got my shit together. <laughs> is it? Is it though? Is it? Yeah. Maybe I you've know. always had your shit together and the other people haven't. Let's go with that. I mean, what yeah, I'm not is a legal yeah, example. Right I today. feel like I've got to pretend I'm not. <laughs> You're not a fuck up. I'm not doing a great job, but at least I care enough to pretend. And I think it's <laughs> half the battle. It is. It's half the battle. But no, so I just, I really love that it gave them the respect of like, you don't have to be good and you don't have to be like morally superior and you don't have to be virtuous and you don't have to do all of these things that they always had to do. And I just, I really liked it. I also uh-huh. think I'm. I don't know, maybe a little bit of an asshole. And I I was kind of into it. Yeah. Yeah. Any literary critique aside, I was just really into it. 
It does tap into that side of things though, that it's like maybe not everybody would react to those situations in the same way, but it taps into that part of you that, yeah, maybe not everybody has, but that asshole part that's just like, yeah, sometimes you do just want to be a jerk mm-hmm. and you want to say the bad thing or do the bad thing. And that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that, and I know Dina and I mentioned it like in the group chat while she was reading through it is, yeah, there are a lot of things in there that maybe you don't want to think that Mulder would say, but he's not saying them because the fact that it's in first person gives you, it gives the author the license to be more authentic Yes. than they would be if it was, you know, coming from some outside perspective because they can say the awful thing because they're not actually verbalizing it. Right. Because, yeah. you know, and every, and, and I know that maybe sometimes it feels like it's not in character, but like, I think about killing people sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. never going to well, do it. Right. I think first person present gives it an emotional immediacy where mm-hmm. they haven't had time to reflect. It's I'm reacting to this thing in real time. And maybe yeah. it's the worst part of me reacting. I mean, I think everybody has things where it's like, I cannot believe that left my fucking mouth five mm-hmm. minutes later. But in the moment, it's like, I have never meant anything more than this terrible thing that I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I you know I like it. I like the immediacy of it. First yeah. person is a bold move. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of this kind of, I've done it a handful of times. And I think I, it's some of it's things that I've never reread that I've written because I'm like, I don't know where I was when I did that. But <laughs> how would I? Yeah, I think I struggle reading <laughs> first person with Mulder and Scully because it's like, it has to be so good to be believable to me like so in character to be believable as their interior monologue for me it took me a while to get used to it and I like this I was like not 100% convinced personally that it sounded like no I agree or it sounded like scully thinking and I think like I was like it sounds like a strong authorial voice I didn't know if I really felt much of a differentiation between the two of them either um but it just felt like everybody was angry, but they were like, it was like the same person being angry, even though it was told from two different perspectives. But I think as it went on, I just got, maybe just got more used to it. I think like, the beginning was very jarring. Yeah. I thought, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> that was the thing for me. My first, very first note I write, what I wrote was, oh, good. First person <laughs> with a little, like I wrote my own emoji with my pencil. <laughs> And then and it, it was annoying for a long time, but I did get used to it. And I, yeah. do, and I do respect the authenticity of the voice, even if I didn't always agree, uh, like agree with the characterization, especially mm-hmm. towards the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if the characterization became more true for me and made it easier to read as it went on, or if I just got used to the characterization because it's such a long thing yeah. that I could that I was in that mindset then that, you know, it might not be the Mulder and Scully I would like write or might love to read, mm-hmm. but I was into it enough that I was on the same wavelength with the characterization and that kind of helped yes. me along. But I asked yeah, myself I mean, that same person, question. Oof. Oof. It took me probably 75% of the way through before I got used to it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now that I am used to it, I'm like, shit, I need to start over and read the beginning in the right frame of mind because I was not dramatic but I really love you right now (laughs) 
Yeah, were you like giant eye roll every time you're like, I, 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 like all the first person stuff? Cause that's, I'm like, oh. It's normally a big turnoff for me because yeah. it's not normally done well. And it mm-hmm. wasn't that it wasn't mm-hmm. done well here. And it's it wasn't just, at the time either, especially. I think. Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think I've read so many like not great first person ones that it's a turnoff initially, but I knew that it would, you know, pay off in the end. So mm-hmm. of course I stuck with it, but yeah, it was the knee jerk reaction was like, Oh, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. But I actually think looking back, having now finished the whole thing, I actually preferred the whole fic. I like the beginning of the fic better when everybody was angrier and the situation was worse and everybody was behaving badly and Modra Scully like kind of pretending to hate each other or even if they believe themselves I actually preferred that headspace which is probably where I thought the voices were less realistic to me or less in character but I don't know looking back I was like yeah I liked it when everything was dark and everyone was terrible okay let's dig into that though because so I kind of agree. The first, the first two sections are, whew, they're a lot. Yeah, they are a lot. So, and I feel like, and I know, like Casey was gonna just throw in the towel at one point. I was real close. Real close. <laughs> which, which was it? Part one or part two? Like, what got you? For me, part two was the hardest to get through. It's the most traumatic. I think any of you that I talked to, I was like, listen, you think the first part is the worst, but it actually isn't. Yeah. So you're going to need to hold your emotional trauma and, like, (laughs) pace yourself out. Like, don't. I think, yeah. I think it was the first part. It was the first one. I'm fucking out. And I was like, tell me what it's like. (laughs) I will join, but I'll keep my mouth shut. Like, and that's why I kept telling all of you, I'm like, just get to the very end, the literal last line of the second part. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need to just encourage you to continue. That's it. Right. What is the last line of the second part? It's where Mulder like dips out and goes to Montana to get Miranda. To get Miranda. Yeah. I think he like I literally like, just like drops into dad mode, like yes. nobody's fucking business. Yeah. It's so oh. good. It was so good. That kind of uh-huh. blew my mind though, because it, it he did a complete 180 and you had no warning. It was like he had just finished saying, I mean, it's been a few weeks since I read this part, but he had just finished saying something to the effect of like, I don't want to be a father. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden, 180, like, I gotta go take care of this kid. Although yeah. I do have to say, as a person who's been in a relationship for a really long time, that it sort of rings true when I've found that when one person like dips, the other person sort of rises to the occasion. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like you can be <laughs> selfish and stupid until your partner becomes so selfish and stupid that you're like, well, fuck that. <laughs> and like in most relationships right and so because scully had been taking care of the baby and calling the hospital all the time to find out how she was even when she wasn't there uh-huh. i think when she was just, like gave up Mulder had probably had that thing that we all have where you're just like what the fuck yeah no. and sort of just became the opposite you are i always think of it as the scales of justice right like mm-hmm. when your partner goes down, you necessarily kind of rise up, especially if you have kids, but not necessarily and vice versa. And it, it's, yeah. I don't know if it's a, 
I don't know, like a, a remnant of our biology where uh, like for monogamous couples where you kind of have, you just rise to the occasion when your partner doesn't, or if it's something that's learned. But I think that when Mulder turned that on and was like, fuck that, I'm going to go get our kid. It was because Scully hit rock bottom and he necessarily sort of rose right to the top. Yes. Yeah. Totally and I agree. feel like it was also <clears throat> like when she was checking up on her, it was, you know, over the phone. It wasn't really... She wasn't really a part of it still, right? Like I feel like she kind of, to me, it almost felt like she still had that disconnect of, you know, okay, it's my daughter, but is it, you know what I mean? Like she had, it was like a case. Yeah. I feel like she, right. She went through the physical motions of like, this is what you do with a baby. Yeah. I have to check up. She hadn't processed it emotionally. Yeah. And I feel like he hadn't had the physical connection and he was spending all of his time with the emotional processing. Yeah. The last two lines. Uh, the Mulder family curse was going to stop. I was going to stop it. I flagged down a cab and headed for the airport. My daughter was waiting for me in Montauk. And yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I felt like he got to do all of the emotional work, and she was more yeah. like, I have a baby. I have to go through all of the sleepless nights and colic and feeding and whatever without having the time to process emotionally and sort yeah. of, again, what you were saying, where it was like one partner kind of gets one half and the other gets the other half, and you know, like I said, I've been married for about 22 years at this point. And yeah, you kind of get to this where like, you sort of intuitively learn to pick up each other's slack, hopefully. ideally. And it's actually really interesting to me that Scully did that. At the time reading it, I was pissed off at her. Yeah. You know, with the benefit of hindsight and looking back as a person who suffered severe postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. I think that there is a a lot of that in there. I mean, I oh, remember absolutely. it being so bad. I remember I, I didn't nece- I didn't want to hurt my baby, but I wanted to set him down and walk away and never come back. And I, I had two babies that. in two years. I feel you. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, I was treated for it and I, you know, I, I went and got the help I needed, but I think even though she didn't physically have the child and get all of the I don't think I got like the serotonin dump, all those hormones that you're supposed to get that instantly mm-hmm. makes you so happy. Uh, that never happened for me. And I don't really, didn't really bond with my baby until he was much older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a sort of a similar journey that Scully had. And it's sort of now like looking back and honestly it didn't occur to me until we've been talking yeah. about this time. But I was like, Jesus, that sounds like postpartum depression to me. Yeah. Um, and my husband necessarily had to step up because yeah. I just yeah. didn't- place yeah. postpartum depression on top of all the other trauma right like and, and on top right. of that, trying to deal with all the m- medical rape that happened to her you know one way or another her abduction like everything and i to like, not deal with all yes yeah it's kind of like the underlining of the first yeah. of the first part yeah because she didn't want to deal with it which is no. why and and I know that a lot of, I've seen a lot of, you know, I don't think that they would use sex as a weapon. Like, I think they were using sex as a defense mechanism and it ended up becoming a weapon mm-hmm. because they didn't want to deal with this. They didn't want to talk about this. They didn't want to have the discussions that they needed to have. And all of the emotions and all of the needs that came from their sexual Congress, like they didn't want to talk about that either. Because like, I don't want to tell you that I love you. I can't even deal with the fact that all of this should happen to me. So I'm just going to keep having sex with you because it makes me feel good. And we're going to ignore everything else because it's just easier. I think a lot of people take an issue with the story for that reason alone, where it's the decoupling of 
sex and intimacy, where it's that you can have physical intimacy without emotional intimacy. And I think a lot of people are troubled because the whole characterization is that there's this intense emotional intimacy without physical intimacy. And the story sort of flips that on its head where it's like, what if we have physical intimacy without emotional intimacy? Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable. And again, because I'm possibly a terrible person. Um, I love it so much. I love it so much. But you can also see that happening. They're only pretending not to have emotional intimacy. They are so entwined right because we're so used to them pretending not to have physical intimacy where it's yeah. like it's totally normal to put your hand on the small of your colleagues back do that all the time right just you know at work sometimes I go ahead huh. and I'm rubbing people's hair and they love it it's yeah. definitely very normal touching people's <laughs> necklaces that sort of thing yes mm-hmm. definitely not an HR issue no and, no but I do, I do think there was a there was a time at the, in the beginning of the story because it's toward the beginning of my notes. I took terrible notes. I took ADHD notes, so I don't have nothing corresponds to specific you know blips. That's okay. But I do know that they hit on a lot that Scully like wouldn't allow herself to love Mulder. Correct. And that that I think that's one of the things that did bother me about it because like in hindsight, looking back, I'm like you know what I kind of enjoyed this. It ended well. They dealt with shit. It was really hard at first. Uh-huh. But I think I don't like the idea that Scully won't let herself Mulder because to my mind, loving Mulder is the thing she's most capable of. Mm-hmm. And she loves him even when she doesn't want to. And she loves him even when she hates herself. Um, and I think she really hated herself for a lot of this fic because of the things that happened to her. I, I'm not going to blame her for, you know, feeling that. Um but, it, but that the, the fact that she kept denying that she loved him was, whereas he was just like, I love her. I love her mm-hmm. everything. That, was like the only season thing that, 10 Mulder. Yeah. I yeah. don't think she was, I don't think she was being honest with herself. I don't think yes, at uh-huh. any point it was yeah. true. I think sometimes that if you keep saying something, it's because you're trying to convince yourself of the reality of it. Right. Because uh-huh. he was like, this is how I feel. And she's great. And I love her. But, you know, she's going through whatever she's going through right now. And she was like, I want to be very clear that I don't love this person. Like, why are you as the first person narrator in, quote unquote, real time in the immediacy of this story? Like, why the fuck are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. Clearly, if this is how you felt, I should be able to intuit it from your actions. But the fact that you're feeling the need to tell me this makes it very clear that your actions are counter indicative of what you're telling me yeah and I don't know maybe I'm looking at this from a scientific perspective but I'm like if the data doesn't support the conclusion that you've drawn then why the fuck are you telling me what your conclusion is mm-hmm. I should yeah. be able to intuit it from your data storytelling isn't it like unreliable narrator and no I think know. they're very unreliable narrators sharing not telling I think that's why it works as a first person story. I think if you did this first per- third person story, the narrator is going to know that she's full of shit, but because she's the narrator, yeah, she doesn't know that she's full of shit. Mm-hmm. But we can and, figure it out from her behavior. Right. Yeah. And the fact that she keeps having to reiterate it, I'm like, you know, the character of Zippy, who I just love as mm-hmm. like, Almost this, he almost works as like this Greek chorus telling us like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with the two of you? Get your shit like, together. 
Yeah, he's uh-huh. a really good foil. And yes. I love when he walks into the office and he looks at Mulder and he's like, why didn't you tell me you two were sleeping together? And he was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, come on, man. And I just love that he's almost the, the most honest voice in the story where he sees all of this shit and he is almost the third person omniscient narrator off to the side and what's really going on where he was like these two people so clearly have it so bad for each other and they're so fucking ridiculous (laughs) and they're liars to themselves and to each other and to me and it's kind of wholesome and adorable is like so sweet he is other than the baby I just I love him so much he's probably my favorite original character Mm-hmm. In yeah. story ever because he's such a good guy but he's like, a you are so like we are all zippy we yeah. want to yeah. fuck scully and <laughs> also you guys belong together what the fuck is wrong with you yeah right i think there's a, and i'm gonna butcher the line i'm sure you know i've read it probably a number of times that requires medication but <laughs> where <laughs> he takes her out and she he kisses her and she's like eh. and he's like no no i get it my heart belongs to spooky and at no point does she deny it. She's just yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about. I guess I'll just go back to my hotel. But of course, if she actually felt the way that she felt, this should be perfect. This should be perfect, anonymous, make me forget what I'm going through sex, but she can't go through with it. Yeah, she doesn't want anonymous sex. She just right. thinks that she does. And yeah. it's followed by, I believe, this scene where Mulder comments on the fact that she's wearing this very, like... <laughs> very like lacy sexy lingerie and she's like obviously she was planning to fuck zippy and it's kind of like you're both so dumb why do you think she wore that bra because she ends up back at your apartment and they're both so stupid and zippy's the only one who's like i see what's going on here i'm gonna go do a totally different thing yeah yeah love it because we get him and we get that they're dumb like so smart but like really dumb he's just he I feel like he genuinely cares about them from a really good yeah. place inside him. And the he's way so that sweet. he's so sweet. And the way it really hit home for me when I realized that was like toward the end of the story, when she tells him, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And I can't remember the exact wording of the line and I bookmarked it, but you know, anyway, he goes through a bunch of emotions really rapidly. And then he just busts out in this huge smile. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's just him, you know, like he just, wants the best for them and he wants them to be happy and he can't you know mm-hmm. he can't right. not feel He's that like, i'll just take the role that i have in this relationship which is just like weird third wheel and i double <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, oh, man but no yeah but i did one bit where like going back to the point about scully's like strange potentially out of character like emotional range in this is like the way she then treat her mother like this this was like the one issue I maybe have with that ending is where she said to her mom like I don't have a mother and I'm like how can you take away like the joy of fic which is seeing the love between Maggie Scully and Dana Scully like how can you rip this away from me that was like the one thing that I just thought of that like I do feel like it when it get the established canon from like wet wired where she is supportive but yeah. she like like she's just she's just a great mom and I have a couple notes that just one of them is Maggie Skelly got done dirty and then <laughs> my second was and it was immediately after the fact that it was immediately after where Skelly said I don't have a mother anymore they were like back in the holiday plans doing Christmas with 
the whole Scully family. Okay. Where I, I had an like, issue with that, that. That was a little bit of a, that was a little bit of a. But I, I did remember that, that was, was like a long gap. Basically avoided and cut ties with like most of her family. That's not how that works. Yeah. Like after, <laughs> so yeah. that was my thing. After, you know, after reading the whole, you know, the whole trial. And I can understand her saying, you know, I don't have a mother. I mean, if your mom supports your brother trying to take your kid away, I'd be pretty pissed too. Especially like, Bill, come on. Yeah, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed too, right? Um, but yeah, then to like invite Bill and Tara and the lawyer and <laughs> like her mom and like everyone that was against them to this, you know, shindig. I'm like, mm, really? Like, well, yes, I, I, know I get. He was doing a job. Well, yeah, but I thought it was strange because it was like, um, it, it would like, because I thought, oh, okay, they must have made up in the interim. But then when they had, they seemed to be having a discussion, oh, yeah, sorry about that thing where I tried to take your kid away. So it was, yeah, it was like, how on earth did Scully agree to go? Yeah. But I did think, I wondered if that was a function or like a, a byproduct of it, maybe there being a gap between the story proper and the holiday bits. And it was like, yeah. okay, we're now dealing with the complaints that everybody yeah. had. That's, that's sort of how I felt, where it was like, let's, Fit in every trope like we have like essentially an FBI ball we have green yeah. velvet dresses we have like fucking everything and I have to tell you my like 90s girl heart was just like I love how much this is terrible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking everything that when I was 16 I was like do you know what somebody should write right now <laughs> not me but somebody else and then I should read it yeah <laughs> I love that for me but my oh, personal man, if you could have said trait is that I support Bill Mulder in Memento Mori. And I'm going to own it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm yeah. What did you say you support? I support Bill Mulder, I think, or excuse me, Bill Mulder. There's too many fucking Bills. Bill, Bill I know. <laughs> it's true. Supporting, what should I, we name this character? Bill, anyone? Bill? Bill? <laughs> this is empty now. So <laughs> just walk through this with me. Sorry, Bill Scully. Um, Memento Bill Mori. Scully thinking that Mulder's a piece of shit because yeah. I'm the oldest sister and I have to tell you that I'm there. Like, if this were my younger sister, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? It's <laughs> genuinely terrible. Now, I don't support him in the, the context of this story, but as a character, I'm like, yeah, I'm the oldest sister and like, no. Uh-huh. You yeah, now from what he understands of the situation, yeah. which is admittedly not nearly enough, you dickhead. Yeah. Like, get your yeah. shit together and figure out more. Like, talk to your sister. Yeah. You'll yeah. find out that she's fucking head over heels in love with this guy. I he's don't actually, Maybe not good for her, but, like, so good to her. Yeah. But, like, you could see another part of it. But from what the Bill Scully that we know in canon understands, of, yes. he's going to hate Mulder. My God. Yeah. Okay, hold on, though. Okay, go ahead. So <laughs> I I'm 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 gonna mildly use this to segue because so there's a line that I have and it's Scully and Charlie and he says, I know what I see, you've been hurt, but all he wants is to help you. And Scully says, Charlie, if that were all he wanted, I never would have been hurt. Mm. So like Scully can see that. She agrees with Bill. She still loves Mulder and she's still a part of this, whether she wants to be a part of it or not. She's there. But she but are him. all the things that happened to her. Not all of the things. Like, but no. But I think that 
I, I think that especially in this story, there is a bit of blame that she feels toward Mulder because of his quest, because of, you know, the things that he wanted to do and he strived to do, not just for the X-Files, but for himself. So he had this certain amount of selfishness and she got, you know, drawn in. She went along with it. And I think that she has to deal with the fact that maybe you can attribute some of this to Mulder, but it really isn't all Mulder. And these are just the situations you found yourself in and you still have to fucking deal with it. Like you need to, yeah. to process this. You need to get over it. So I think that a lot of the, the characterization that they did kind of comes from, she really hasn't resolved any of that with him and she blames him. And so, I mean, I, I really don't like Phil Scully, but I mean, you're right. And I would probably do the same. I feel like the story does an interesting job of sussing out the difference between consequence and motive. And I feel like in the show, it's very much about consequence. Like this is a thing that happened to Mulder. Ergo, he's on this quest. Ergo, Scully gets assigned to him because he's mm -hmm. a fucking lunatic. And like, you have this sequence of events, but they're all independent of motive. It's just sort of like A happens and B sequentially follows. And I feel like the fic takes on at what point do you have to take responsibility for the decisions you make for the consequences that you're dealing with? Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mulder kind of takes responsibility for it where he's like, I kind of am dealing with this bullshit and it's possibly like an asshole quest that I'm on, but at no point have I hidden from her what the details of this are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the real emotional journey is her dealing with the fact that like you decided to stay, you could have gone yeah. at any point and you chose to be here. And at a certain point, the consequences of these actions aren't your fault in the sense that like you deserve what happened to you, but like you did decide to, you know, Become buy another ticket for the ride. Yeah. And I so think that that's where her struggle yeah. is. Yeah. So I, I like I when I'm like as a writer I think of like the thematics of what things are and I think the main theme of this and I wrote it down and it's crass but it's pretty much what it is is I'm like the theme of Iolocus is the dildo of consequences rarely arrives lubed <laughs> right like I'm choking on ice tea right now I want to be clear right. thank you but it's like that's that's pretty much Everything happened. I just, I wrote it in the middle it's, of notes. It's really like, true. Well, it's, yeah. it's not ascribing blame or saying, you know, no. this is 40% your fault and 60% my fault or whatever. It's situation A happened and we are now in situation B mm -hmm. and we can sit here and we can bitch and moan about whose fault that was. Or we can say, okay, well, we now have to proceed like down the next level of this, you know, organizational chart. And I feel like Mulder, who definitely has a more humanities type approach, and Scully, who, at least in this story, is a little bit colder, and I relate to that um, in a way that I'm not always comfortable with. <laughs> a way that I've related to Stella Gibson in ways that I'm not always comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And this idea of like, look, you can sit here and argue to the end of time whose fault it is, but like, this is where we are and something has to be done. And um, so really kind of watching her go through this journey of like, yeah, like sometimes the consequences are really, really unfair and shitty 
and you can't always backward map that to a source is is really interesting. Huh. Whereas Mulder's like, yeah, everything sucks all the fucking time, man. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. Casey, right. He was already, the, already there. Yeah. And if you look at the show that way, because I know a lot of new viewers who've just been able to binge it He's really crazy. have a lot of problem. And to be fair, like, in, and I'm not saying they're wrong with the way Scully was treated, the way Mulder has been treated, the horrible things they've been through. Yes. But if you are watching it and I think as like the writer's room was working through these things, the consequences were all, you know, fairly natural. And they didn't, like they weren't being punched in the face every week. It was a progression of the consequences of the actions that they took, the situations they were in, the Mm -hmm. people that were against them and fighting them. And I do think, and not to knock newer viewers, but watching it in a such a long drawn out way throughout the year mm-hmm. helps you not be like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they both went through some shit and it was terrible, yeah. which is something that I think Ayaloka deals with pretty well because a lot of the shit they went through was terrible and mm-hmm. it, it meets it head on. Um, but you do have to look at it through the lens of the amount of time that all of these things happen. This was years worth of, Whatever, Casey, it happened in 26 days. In the 26 (laughs) days that it took me to binge all of it. God damn it. She went through all of that in 26 days. Well, and so and and, and interesting that so you could also be like, okay, well, let's go back to the 90s. Yeah. When it aired, let's go back to the 90s when this was written. Mm -hmm. There are this is a very dated fic, right? In a lot of and not in just in the ways that she was like. She was at like Petite Sophisticate at the mall. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. I remember that. All the <laughs> 90s references. Yeah. Well, even, right. and, and Rachel made the point, because I, I think I shared like one highlighted note of where Mulder took um, Miranda to the grocery store, remember? And I'm like, and he was like, oh, it feels, what was the thing? Like emasculated or not like a man because he has mm-hmm. like a baby. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she goes, it's the 90s. I'm like, fuck, yeah, you're right. Okay, mm-hmm. I forgot. Maybe yeah. they did feel that way back then. <laughs> yeah, and so anyone going in to, to read this fic now that has not read it before, please just forgive the 90s references yes. because like you just it's have awesome. to put yourself into that time frame. And the stereotypes, the 90s stereotypes as well, like, and roles. Yeah, that's where we were as a society. I mean, and not just the cultural references, because those as amusing and entertaining as they are, that's a little bit more obvious, but the more subtle differences, like, okay, I know I bitched about the airport thing, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you know, our flight leaves in an hour. I still have time to go for a run and then I'll come pick you up. No, you will. But then the one that really drove me crazy was, uh, oh shoot. Okay. I have it marked. And this really bothered me because as somebody who has given birth I know this is not how any of this works (laughs) the ultrasound at the end Mm -hmm. oh shoot oh I can't find it okay I'll have to come back to it later darn it when wait okay are we like putting out like obviously spoiler alert right uh, for, oh, yeah. I, I think that it was written in 1998 you know what I feel okay with my decision to ruin it right. yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. haven't okay. said anything about like and what happens is this so if somebody is listening to this without having read it that surely they failed by so yeah, contextualized and yeah so, I definitely 
I really want to talk about the title and the whole and the and the quotes in the original thing. Because... Oh, please do. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, what are we going to say about the the um, song? Oh, no, so go ahead. Right. I'm just saying at one point I've got to, you know, practice for my next dissertation. Definitely. <laughs> so she's at the gynecologist. She's like, can you tell me when I got pregnant? Not exactly. We establish a due date by the date of your last period and subtract three months from that date, which is the due date. The following calendar cycle. No. That's not how any of this works. I'm so confused there. I'm like, I was trying to do that math. I was like that meme, you that know, that is... face with all the math equations. I'm like, what are they saying? Right I now? highlighted that and I put a comment, and the comment was false. Yeah, I mean, because I had a kid, but I know that's not how it works. If, <laughs> if you did that, I would have been pregnant for like 15 months. Yeah, which I, I mean, have she like... was technically, right? No. Yeah. You know, but like, did we, we didn't know better in the nineties. Okay. We didn't know what PCOS was. We didn't know that not every woman has a period every month. And even the ones that do sometimes that shit doesn't work. So just, yeah, that we didn't know that, you know, sucking cherries out of somebody's vagina. Not a great idea. Yeah. I went there. I have it was Listen, like a whole part of that all chapter. all the ways to get bacterial vaginosis, it's the <laughs> best way to get it. Like, put dairy up in there. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. I literally, so, okay. I have, I highlighted, delved into my navel to retrieve a few flecks of cherry. And my note is, navels are disgusting. They have their own ecosystem. They're full of infinitesimal bacteria. And there is nothing <laughs> sexy about licking it. And then immediately followed by, I wasn't shocked when I felt the coldness of the ice cream pressed up inside me. My note was, someone get the monostat. <laughs> followed immediately by, could I still take my Zoloft safely? Wait. To which my note was, screw characterization. This is the least plausible thing in the whole series. Scully may have used sex as a weapon. Mulder may have fucked his sister. Scully may have fucked Maria. Okay. And Almost. Almost. she didn't have mind-bending orgasms on Zoloft. No matter yeah. how talented, talented Mulder's too talented tongue was, case closed. Because it doesn't yeah. fucking happen. Yeah. Sorry. I'm on Zoloft. It doesn't fucking happen. You don't get mind-bend. I don't care how good he was. There's <laughs> no way... They had the hot ass sex that they had in this whole goddamn thing yeah. while she was on sertraline. Well, so here's a question for you. I oh, think okay. we discussed this at some point is the inclusion of like every possible fan fiction trope at any point, which was a deliberate choice. Mm -hmm. What did you think of that? Like almost like a checklist. Like if you went through everything that was like, you know, this really like fresh, wild and crazy idea again, you know, in like 1997 when we were all hanging out at Petite Sophisticate, except for my tall ass. But Casey, you feel me? Yeah. I feel you, girl. I feel you. Right. I was at like lanky bitches, but. Yeah. I was <laughs> in the we tall there. of Banana Republic. Please, you need to open a store called Lanky Bitches. Come on. Okay, That'd well, be so I'm going good. to. There is one called Tall Girls, by the way. Or no, that's not the same. I'm not tall oh, enough yeah. to merit that. I'm tall enough to be inconvenient. Yeah. 5'8 is annoyingly right on the cusp. That's true. You're in the middle. Yeah, that's true. I struggle. Over six I like feet, baby, you will love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But 
so again, all of this idea that sounded so like, oh my God, this is such a crazy idea, right? In like 1997. And of course you look now and a lot of it feels so dated mm. and so absurd and so ridiculous. What's the place of that? Like, what's the role of like, including like literally every trope where again, we have green velvet, we have the FBI ball, we have ice cream, we have decktuplets who are every possible iteration. Like we have everything that at the time yeah. was kind of like, oh my God, almost a call out. And now you're looking back and you're like, this is such hokey bullshit. Like, I, feel like was, I feel like because it's such a dark fic and it was like the, what it was covering, they, I mean, I'm taking it as they did every single trope to try and get everyone to possibly read it right. for some, you know, at least if they even stay for a couple chapters or a couple parts or, you know, the second part or, mm-hmm you know, dip at the third, at least they've read it, right? Like they're trying to, and I don't mean like to get hits or views, just to get people to give it a chance. Because we say it all the time at Darkest Timeline, like, just give it a chance. I know it's not your jam. It's not your, you know, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's been said, just try it. Just try it. You know, it's okay. The 90s fix though, I feel like, and I don't know if this is the case here, but I feel like the 90s fix do these tropes unironically. Like, yes, because not that way. Yeah, and it's they weren't twenty-five years yet. later. No, they, they weren't. weren't yet. Yes, then exactly. Yeah, right. because back then, there now we've read we have twenty-five years worth of hindsight and fic under our belts. We know what a trope is. Yeah, but back then everything was new. Mm-hmm. Even yes. the tropes were, you know, they'd only been done twenty times instead yeah. of <laughs> twenty thousand. So yeah, so they weren't really tropes yet. So I never got the feeling uh, this was my first time through. So, you know, maybe once I reread it, I'll feel differently, but I didn't even identify those as tropes per se. I just felt like this feels like a normal nineties fic in a way to mm-hmm. me in the sense I, that, yeah. Yeah. They did it on purpose yeah. though, right? They deliberately right. were like, that's, my, that's always been my understanding. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay. Is that it was very Indeed, much like let's take everything and yeah. put it in here and just be like, yeah, this is, you know, again, like every possible iteration, we've got a profiler, we've got a CEO, we've got a sociopath, we've got a sex worker, we've got like whatever, like every possible iteration of Mulder or boy girl twins, mm-hmm. or, you know, like when she yeah. goes into labor and like all of these pieces later on, it sort of became almost like this little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, send up. Yeah. Immediately yeah. latching both yeah. twins on the second yeah. after they were born. Yeah. So how far away from the hospital were they? That like that labor seemed very quick. <laughs> yeah. So and I was with first. my first baby okay, for twenty-two first. hours. My sister was under an hour. Wow. So, I, get, I mean, oh, her first baby. baby. Yeah. Her first baby. That's scary. Get I was, I was, was born in the car. I don't like it. That's bullshit. <laughs> She almost had her in the car. I was in the airport on my way down to watch my niece being bored and she called me and I hear a baby crying in the background and I was like, (laughs) she had her in like no time, no pain. They did mention it, didn't they? Like, oh, hang on. You can't possibly be like in active labor already. Yeah, Yeah, Diane, the annoying assistant with yeah who who was she? She came out of nowhere, I feel like that one. (laughs) The southern, the southern administrative assistant right who is there I just love the like anarchy and chaos of like we're doing this now and I was like fuck yeah strap me in yeah (laughs) I haven't read this part yet but that's another 90s thing I feel like these days they would not let you go into natural labor with twins like you would have to really request a special 
something. Oh, she was early. Right? Don't worry. Knows. <laughs> it depended on what week it I'm was. Trying to, I'm like pulling it. I'm like frantically scrolling. Like no, I can like, attest to that. Happening. In labor and delivery, they they are usually induced. Uh, like you know, around uh, thirty seven ish. Yeah. Okay. But but she was. Doing, how many we wait? She wasn't past due, right? No, no, she no, was no. still early. But do we know how many weeks early she was? Early she was three more three. weeks. Three more yeah. weeks till her scheduled C-section. Oh, her scheduled, okay. yeah. Yeah, because well, it was, I mean, it was like, January 12th. Yes. They want the babies to cook as long as possible. Yeah. But with twins, that's just normally just doesn't even, doesn't oh. work. No. I think full term with twins was like, I don't know. It's been since my last child was born, but they actually changed the, what was considered full term with twins. It's like 36 yeah. weeks or 37 yeah. weeks. Yeah. Maybe that was just to justify anything. all of the early deliveries. I don't know, but I just know <laughs> that almost every twin birth that I've been aware of that's happened in the last like two decades has been a C-section. Yeah. Where the I mean, fuck is Gigi when you need her? Yeah, <laughs> I know too, right? I mean, I know she had three, but still. Also, if she's on bed rest, like what it seemed like she was on bed rest in that fic. Why is she going to like a, a New Year's party and like walk around? The FBI Bob, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had a green dress to wear. True, yeah, yeah. Miranda was velvet over i love miranda yeah. we have to talk about miranda we do oh, there's so much we still have to talk about yeah but we're still on the memes thing i have to say the one thing that like did really make me laugh and makes me definitely think about it as like it's a deliberate tick list a deliberate game um was when you know the sex worker i forget which one which which Damian. i think Darian. it was Darian. Darian. yes yeah. but he said oh fucks yes this makes sense because i had this client he said his name was Alex <laughs> he said yes that really made me laugh I was like that was a great just trope like oh with all the cry check yeah yep. I buy it yeah yeah there was a lot of like wink winks you know mm. I flagged yes. throughout the story where you know they were making some commentary on the series that you know we all recognize straight away yeah well, as they were going through all the brothers too, like I was getting so confused at one point, like, cause it was, I mean, there's so many of them and then they were going through them so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then when they were like recalling them later, I'm like, wait, which one was that? Yeah. I lost that track. yeah. yeah. We've seen George and Emerson, I feel like are the, really the ones that yeah. stuck around. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But um, we mentioned about the Marita thing. So what was everyone's reaction to that? <laughs> Marita sexy. Yeah, what happened there? I have one note that I'm was so confused. How and there's a lot of O's in this. How did Marita heal Scully exactly? Magic tongue. Yes. And then yes. I just said, remind me to engage in cunnilingus the next time my back is out. Yeah. <laughs> but it has to be with Marita, and she burned to death tragically in Phoenix. So I don't know. Yeah. She's like a Jeremiah <laughs> that yeah. can heal people. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'll find it for you. But what do we think about Scully having sex with Marita though? Because I mean, even as you know, dedicated Stella Scully fan, even I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah. So my first thing was that like she it was I don't have it in my notes, but I remember saying it in our group chat where I was like, um, she had said something like that was very much trauma, trauma, trauma. Five seconds later, she (laughs) sitting on Marita's face, which was a little. That's I had whiplash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that particular part. Yeah. I, that, I don't disagree. Like, but okay. But that it just seemed very 
quick. Yeah. Like, I literally just had like the a... same thing. It was just like, okay, then, like, that's yeah, fine. That was I definitely that. a piece that fell apart for me yeah. when I first read it. But again, I also love that it was like, this is the most fucked up thing I've ever read, where it was, <laughs> again, right, like, like, in a really exciting way, because it was, again, more, what I was reading was like, what if it was an alternate universe where they had, like, five babies and yes. a dog, and the dog was, like, really fluffy yeah <laughs> I don't know so again I just liked it was like what if it was an alternate universe where everything was just the most fucked up thing that you could imagine and it was like mm-hmm. this this is the most fucked up version of Marita and Scully ever meeting who never met before no. what if we have them meet and we make it terrible and I was like okay like I'm yeah. here for this ride so like that piece of it didn't work for me but I like the journey that got it there where again it was like what if everything was just fucked all the time yeah I tried um, really hard to justify it. that in my mind I, couldn't I was justify like it. I mean no. but I love the, the ride. Had sex with her maybe she was just feeling like she needed to one-up him by also having sex with her and like I went through like yeah. mental gymnastics just trying to make it work. But at the end of the day, I just shrugged and I'm like face sitting. Love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was just the healing. Did she her. Bite her? Didn't she bite her too? Or no? Did she I'm bite working her? On it. I'm working on it. Okay. I know. I'm okay. trying to find it too. I didn't mind. She better. She I didn't mind. I wasn't yeah. like, oh, I'm offended. I just thought this doesn't really track for me character. If you're like, offended no, that was by good. her was like, girl face sitting, I think we have a problem, Fiona. <laughs> I said if you if you object to girl on girl face sitting, I think we have a problem. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay fine. Like I'll yeah. have a look at the fan art, but yeah, I yeah, it didn't Fiona, Fiona will talk later. Yeah. <laughs> it's just where I think this is where maybe I didn't feel like emotionally invested in this video. No, and I'm just I was like totally agree with you. I don't really like believe it. Yes. Um, but I, I'm in yeah, I wasn't emotionally invested yet. And so, and it went so quickly from being yeah. like, just turn on my ratings, terrible, do face sitting. I was like, listen, I'm all in favor of face sitting, but it, we need like a little bit of foreplay first. No, but I think that's particularly coming from trauma because there's no emotional connection. I feel like that's the point. That's uh-huh. fair. But how did she heal her exactly? Yeah. Do, uh, oh, I was like not even worried about that because X Files is full Mueller of stuff. Mueller had like, a time, and Marita had The answer is just because. Okay, <laughs> but like the so my only issue was that it was heavily intimated that it was Marita who had healed her. It wasn't the, it wasn't spaceship in Africa. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. That hadn't happened yet when this was no. written. No. Right. Okay. Yes, that's fair. Um, but yeah. So was Marita then a Jeremiah? Is that yes. what was it? Okay. Okay. Yes. Because You're at one fine, point, yeah. I'm never going to find this. I'm just going to sit here and scroll through, you know, still on my phone. <laughs> I'll find it. As I do. And um, no, where it was like, at one point, Scully's having this like internal narrative and she's like, asking herself like what made her worth saving and then she sort of has this you know moment in I think she's at her brother's phoenix right so I guess it's near the end of the first uh installment here Uh that's it that's all I've got proceed 
I'm trying to like, I'm scrolling through and I don't remember. Speaking of things which hadn't aired on the show at the time, though, I did think it was really interesting that... Yeah, I can't Oh, okay. But okay, we'll come back. You do that and then I'll come back to my... Okay. I excused myself and went to the bathroom. My panties were soaked in blood, absolutely ruined. I mm-hmm. stared at them and remembered dry heat in an anonymous motel, remembered speculating about what made Marita worth saving. Marita's sly assurance that she'd given me what Mulder never could. Uh-huh. Her period? Evidently, she's obviously <laughs> done. Oh, yeah. I totally missed that. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I definitely got that it was from Marita. And that comes back mm. a couple of times, I think. It is, like, definitely mentioned. Because at the back of her neck, she talks about how there's this, like, flat green patch of skin, which yeah. definitely intimates that Marita's some project creation yeah. Marita talks about her own children who were like Emily right mm-hmm. so like Marita's deep into all of this on multiple levels too yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. I definitely thought the fake was very clear that Marita gave Scully back her fertility like no yeah. question like how who knows but that it definitely was Marita I think was magic I, I realized that at the time but then I forgot because so much other insanity happens that yes, is it is between okay. that and then, you know, the consequence. I have a question, and this is at the beginning, so it had to have been pretty early in the fic. It just said, wasn't expecting a motherfucking ghost. And then what? Do we remember there's a fucking ghost? There's a ghost. That's right. Scully sees the one of the twin ghosts, right, in the autopsy. Yeah. She sees somebody's fucking ghost because I got a note about it. I have zero context. Well, yeah, but then that does come back. No, no, no. Yeah, she's doing the autopsy. And then she says she looks up and she looks like through Mulder's like transparent eyes. Yes. Yes. Did it ever pay off? I don't ever. Because I was like, okay, ghost. Important plot point. We're going to come back. And it never did. did It's always fucking having visions. Oh, yeah, but, no, but the ghost said, do you remember? The ghost said, like, don't trust him. And then that was before Jason. The ghost talked? Yes, yes it did, it did. Yes. It said, don't that. trust him. And then see, we, three of you like, scrolling. Someone's going to come up with it in a second. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely it. The ghost said, don't trust him. And then later on, obviously, Jason comes in the shower. And I was like, okay, this is who she shouldn't be trusting. Although yeah. the text never explicitly then, I don't think, ties that together. But I'm pretty sure that was it. And, but the text oh, is yeah. also keeps talking about Scully, that she has these like extrasensory powers, that she has visions of the dead. And that's one of the reasons they wanted to breed from her and then mold it with his like alien genetics, because they want like a super race of people who are like psychic and have alien viral immunity. Damn girl, I did not get Scully, that. Well so done. yeah, Scully seeing ghosts is an important part of like their, their need to use Scully for the breeding. Okay. And it's not like it's the first time she has. In my head that I was like, this never paid off. Mm -hmm. Why are the fucking ghosts happen? Mm -hmm. It's slightly thrown away that particular encounter. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah, ghost. Well, maybe it was another trope as well. Scully sees a ghost. Absolutely. Which I mean, she has seen before, right? Yeah. Like her dad. Yeah. Emily. I don't know if she's seen it. She saw fucking Mulder as a ghost later. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it was 1013 then... when she saw that ghost. I'm on, I found it. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Her father. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, mm-hmm. wait, so then, unless somebody else had anything more to say about that, I was going to say, like, you know how we were mentioning things that hadn't been on the show at the time, so not being healed by the spaceship. Right. 
Mm. I thought it was interesting that Mulder and Scully manage a miracle baby and also that Scully gives up a separate baby because mm-hmm. she cannot keep it safe from the conspiracy or she believes that she cannot keep it safe. So I thought this is highly interesting that basically season eight and nine have just happened yeah, we're predicted. as well. That's why it's a classic Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> but it's people complain about the same thing. So the the judge and no, you I know, hate it more the, than anything. But I'm I'm such an apologist here that I will just <laughs> contradict myself at every opportunity. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> but I was just like, oh well, Scully gave her her baby. Like I guess if people say oh, that's not a character, it's like, well, that literally also happened in the show. So uh-huh. I, I think the difference, though, I could see the difference between this fic and her giving up William is that with William, she went through all the years of the infertility and whatever and all that. And I guess the, they tried IVF, you know, and then she got pregnant mm-hmm. with William. Actually, you know, had the whole pregnancy and delivered him, kept him for a year. Whereas this one is you find out it's a dying lady on a, you know, stretcher in this warehouse with all these other people. And this is the only baby that survived. So I can see the difference, but um, well, and this is like almost immediately after Emily. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think the immediacy and she even spells it out. She was like, look, I was just going through too much to deal yeah. with this. I sent her somewhere safe with her brother uh-huh. and um, I just needed some time. And she spells it out to him, which I really like, which is, again, sort of a consideration we never got where it's like, why would you give the baby away? And she's like, are you dumb? Yeah. And like. Mm-hmm. Kind of I like really, we're all dumb because I'm not super clear on why you give your baby to like a farm. But mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just fine and normal. Well, yeah. And this isn't the same. Ex- I mean, and this isn't exactly the same situation because had she stayed with his brother, you know, and Scully actually dealt with her trauma, she would have gone. I believe she would have gone back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She I had actually so processed her stuff. He didn't give her any him, time. She to left her with that. family. Like, yeah. yeah. It which wasn't. is really good, kind of what you have the judge say, which is where he like looks at her mother and looks at her brother and he's like, what's your fucking problem? Like she didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. And that's the other thing is like neither Maggie nor Bill stepped up at the beginning when mm-hmm. they found out, oh, you've got this random child somewhere. Okay, cool. Can we I help? A baby. Nobody said that. But Mulder, but Emerson and Eileen were both like, you can leave her here mm-hmm. they literally offered and yeah, i'm sorry right. but if you're in that mindset to where you've been raped and completely fucked over and you've no idea what you're doing and you're still dealing with your own traumas like also like if somebody says hey i should take your baby like mm-hmm. you're yeah. just gonna do it what she did was not irresponsible in my mind no. and no. she was definitely being over penalized for that decision it did not yeah. seem yes. proportional. Like hood right there. Yes. Admittedly, it, it does look bad in a custody case, but it's not <laughs> yeah. great. Like, it's yeah. not great. But also, like, if you take into the fact that, the, like, she didn't even consider leaving it with Mulder either, leaving her with Mulder either, right? She's, like, in her mind, she's probably thinking, you're just going through as much shit as I am. Like, you right. found uh-huh. these he murderous... The phone. Yeah, these murderous brothers that all are serial killers. And then, you know, in your first-person point of view, you're saying, oh, I'm, like, a stone's throw away from that. Like, I'm I'm really close to being one of them as well, you know? Well, but he uh-huh. checked out entirely, though, didn't yeah. he? Like, it was the whole thing. She kept calling him, and he just wasn't returning her call, which is why it yeah. was the surprise when he was like, well, I need to go get my daughter then. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I like I mean, that neither one of them could be absolved, really. No. Like they're both just going through a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. which is, again, what I liked is that it's very honest. Like people who are going through a lot of trauma make really shitty decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I yeah. think that the present tense works mm-hmm. is because you're with them in the decision and you look back. And that's why I like the trial because the trial contextualizes everything and you have the lawyers explaining it again as the sort of third person narrator and you've got Skinner on the stand and all these people who are it's like they did this because and I like that it puts it in context and then the judge sort of works like okay I've had you know the first three sections of this story presented to me so to speak like how do I find these characters and I think it's like a really interesting way to be like you know us as their reader, like, here's what they did and here's why they did it. What do you think about them? Do they deserve this baby? Are you hoping for them to get it? Are you not? And I love all the original characters. Like, I love his his nanny guy. I love the nanny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Girlfriend, like, everything. And the baby is the, like, only original child I've ever read where I'm like, I love this kid who could actually be their kid. Yeah. He's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> she does really yes. have a distinct personality even though yes. she's an infant yeah she does and it's perfect yeah and she's so fucking funny she is she's like a baby and she's not precocious she's not like a psychic baby who can talk but she's like clearly somebody who's been around a lot of kids mm-hmm. in a realistic way mm-hmm. it's so good yeah i do I love, love that she calls scully lee, lee. lee. <laughs> scully <laughs> And uh, that's brilliant. Which also has why I was kind of hoping that we got like a mom somewhere towards the end, but like we didn't. And then I was like, you know what? It's fine because this is cute. And and that's what I was thinking of like when when like she was living with them and you know she's trying to build this bond with her or whatever. And you know, you have her calling Mulder Da, and then you have her calling her Lee. And it's I mean, that's probably also, you know, a little stab to the heart every now and then of like, you know, I still can't build a bond with her even though she kind of is because that's her way of mm-hmm. calling her right like it's I don't know yeah it was cute <laughs> yeah. yeah okay well picking picking back up one thing I was gonna this is just a random thing to drop in um I did think that one thing that I Locust did really really well is like the kind of dramatic set pieces so the opening in the school with Scully crawling through the vent and obviously the Marita and Scully at the Rouge facility in, I forget where, where she's Phoenix. smashed all the, hmm? Phoenix. Phoenix. Where, yeah, where she obviously like, yeah, does the late term abortions. Um, uh, <laughs> Austin, I, love, I love the UPS, um, the UPS sting in Austin. Yes. Yep. Oh and shit, I would well, love to. Can someone Photoshop David Duchovny into a UPS <laughs> uniform? Because I would love to see that. There's going to be a British from um, League Rachel League. will get that done probably. UPS <laughs> guy. Um, and then the court, like the court bombing, that yes. they really slowed that down. Like I thought that was a real strength of Biolocus was those huge set pieces. Because of course, there's no budget in writing, so you can make it as big <laughs> as you want. And they did a great job, I thought. I, that that was what really drew me in, like, the drama of those yeah. moments. I oh, did have totally. notes about that, too, about, like, how it, it was so detailed, but not overly, you know, where you get lost in the details. But the details literally, especially for me, like, I, I visualize a lot of the stuff as I'm reading it. Um, and it, I was able to, you know, 
going through that, like you said, going through the the ducks and everything, like all that kind of stuff. Like I was able to visualize all those big main um, yes. action sequences, which was really cool. Yes. Those and were even great. Like, they were great set pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah and even really Scully and Tina, Scully and Tina in the um, like the museum and wherever yeah. they were, and that you know, with and then yeah, oh, two, yeah, with the, the shot over the yeah, shoulder. The floor. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, lots of stuff like that. I just thought they wrote those really well. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, first of all, I don't know who decided that Tina was spelled T-E-E-N-A. But it's anytime I see T-I-N-A and thick, it drives me crazy. I think that yeah. I think it hadn't been published yet as T-E-E-N-A. Oh. Which makes was sense. originally written. And so they kind of stuck with that original, their original spelling. That's yeah. my that's my thought. That's probably what I it thought is. it was someone's wife's sense. name, which is where the spelling came from. I might have made that up. It's possible. <laughs> I just know looking at scripts, it's always <laughs> spelled T-E-E-N-A. Always, mm -hmm. always. Right. Yeah. So, I mean. Oh, except for the one place where they spelled it T-E-N-A, right? And like. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's that super annoying continuity one where people are like. Oh, has that been an issue in this show before? I hadn't heard. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know if you've heard, but continuity tends to be a problem. What is that word? I, I don't I don't understand. No. Show Bibles oh. are for bitches. Schmosh my bolts. When they refer to her as Christina, I'm like, who the fuck is this character? I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> And then I that actually shit. doesn't bother me. I, I have can, retconned in the past. Yeah, I can see it being Christina, but they'd like shorten it to T. No, no, I can too, but I've never seen her referred to. And then she was referred yeah. as Christina in this fic. And then out of nowhere, Christina came out. I'm like, who's this Christina now? And then yeah. I realized. I don't, well, I will just say that like halfway through not even halfway, just a tiny bit into the fic. I was, I was saying, hello, Vizia, Marie Vergata, how dare you? <laughs> it's true. I believe I received that Marie, word. thank you. Sorry. I call Casey, Casey Marie literally all of the time. Oh, I know it's middle name, but yes, I, I middle named <laughs> you yeah. many times when I was reading this, <laughs> particularly at the beginning. Look how much character you've built. You have grown <laughs> as a person. You are better. <laughs> literally in the group chat Casey went from I don't think I can do this I'm not gonna finish what is this these are not my characters I'm through I finished like out of nowhere it went from like finishing bitches I made a meme wanna see my meme yeah she finished it so fast I'm like holy shit we were all so shocked yeah she beat me because once you get to that point of no return you're invested and you're yeah. not stopping and you're well, gonna read two nights in a row all that? night. I mean where you made it through you? Sam's Bear yes. so you have to just finish it. When I'm Wait, also this is, this is my question too. Like where was everyone's point of no return? Like yeah. what was it that kept people reading? That's what I want to know is like it where was my neurodivergence and I hyper focused and I just burned through it. I can't blame anything but my brain. For me, uh -huh. I felt like I made it past the rape scene and Samantha's labia and I'm like if I can make it past these two I can finish this fucking thing <laughs> literally really and truly like up until like leading up to that point I'm like okay whatever I don't mind like out of characterness like I could you know I'm kind of used to it with what, what we kind of do with darker timeline and stuff so it didn't really bother me that much but um yeah once we hit that like 
when they were at his house and then the, Look, that rape i do have to say rachel <laughs> saying at one point you will want to throw your phone away and if you don't throw your phone away you'll be thankful and then i got to the samantha labia part and i was like okay this is the throne phone moment so yeah. i'll quit and i kept reading and it was it honestly i think without rachel saying no listen you're going to want to throw your phone, but don't. It's like when I had a baby, my stepdad was like, listen, there's going to be a point where you want to throw the baby out the window. Just don't do that. And you can get through to the next part of parenthood. Well, I kept telling them in the group chat, I'm like, get through the, get through the second one. I'm like, you're going to hit a point where you're just going to want to stop reading. Like you're literally just going to want to like walk away. But first of all, I'm like, I need you to remember two things. I need you to remember one, he doesn't. No yeah. context, just no, he doesn't. And two, they were drugged. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kept reminding them of that in the group. That was good chat. advice. Like, just he doesn't, and they were is drugged. It, is it wrong that, tell- like that whole, like the, well, the, the, not the twins, though, the 10 of them, the couplets, is that what they say? And the, and the sequence at Jason's house. That was actually what hooked me. <laughs> this is, I was like, oh, okay, now, now it's getting good. Um, like, because I don't know. To me, that was like, oh, I need to, I need to find out what's going on here. I knew straight away it was Jason in the shower. I knew that hey. wasn't there. Yeah, but, I was surprised that that was made to be ambiguous at any point. Yeah, fucking obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I guess it was ambiguous for Scully. That so we had right, to be right, 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 right. But yeah. as a viewer, it was like. No, 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 as a reader, right, yeah, no, of course, again, no point. I, I, of this first person place, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if, you know, with the whole thing with the horses, and oh, we've got this like, yes, hormone that puts them in heat, and how you know, even she was thinking of the horses when she was feeling that way. So it, I was like, okay, so I think you sent me a message where you were like, oh no, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I think that was all over <laughs> my back. And I was just yeah, like, I was like, sorry, I was like, Scully's in the shower, and this is Jason, isn't it? Right. So, I'm not in your group chat, but I'm just yeah. here to like <laughs> enable and yeah, push. Yeah, and, I could, it was it was clear that it wasn't him, but it was just the, yeah. like the writing was very yeah. descriptive. But um, yeah, so this is where I was like, oh, now I'm into it. Right. Like, like, where it's like what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Just the the Samantha's labia part really just really. Yeah, that was, was the, and I think it was just once I got past that part. Well, because I even and I told you it was, was a like, lot. He almost lost me at Samantha's labia. You were and quite I was like, and that was yeah, but that was that was the part, and then it was like okay, I got past <laughs> that, and now I mean, I guess I'm just gonna finish. But my brain yeah. is like Casey's, like if I'm gonna start this shit, I'm I'm gonna have to finish it. Yeah. Okay, that's not always the case. There are some things that I the deadline, like having to read it for today. I think that's what got me through. Like yeah. all of the Miranda stuff, which to me was yes. less compelling. Yeah. Um, like it's like okay, it's nice, it's fine. Well, you know, at, at least there was something where they said, "What is it?" Where someone I can't remember. There was some new complication, and they kind of made a joke about it, like, "Oh, this is just in case the subplot about Miranda like isn't juicy enough or isn't keeping people's attention." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I forget it. What know, it was there's definitely Samantha. those little nods. There's one where like he mentioned something like, um we never say hello in our phone calls because we have to keep the plot moving or something like that. And that's yes. why there's so many of these little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments. In there. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, that, that was probably what got me through the, the latter parts. Like after George died, um, it was less interesting. Although of course I wanted to see what happened with the, um, 
with the court case and stuff. Wow. But yeah, to me, it was less. And that's so well done. Yeah. Apart from mm-hmm. the court case, that, like what they, no, the court case, the court bombing. That was like, oh, then I was hmm. racing away again. You're, you're still muted, Casey. Bad. Okay. So I was actually expecting all the Mulders to die. And I actually quite loved the fact that Emerson and Darian mm-hmm. stayed alive. Like, yay. Mm-hmm. That was actually really kind of a cool. Mm-hmm. I love Emerson. He's so, Emerson, I mean, his story yeah. is so horrifying, and but I, he's so good. And yeah. I adore that they made Emerson Mulder's twin twin, right? Like yeah. everybody yeah. had like, yeah. there are base pairs, right? Of the 10. Yeah. And Emerson was Mulder's base pair. And, and he was so great. And so that was like, that, that was really heartwarming uh-huh. for me as a person who initially was like, I Terrible. Mm. I think that was just hard for me to follow because it was just so fucking many of them. Yeah, I feel like that was also the the tough part of part two. It not that it dragged on, but it just there's a lot of new characters. There's so many. Yeah, Yeah. there's so many so quickly. So Mm -hmm. you're trying to get everyone, and every one of them had a backstory. Right, Right. Mm -hmm. how they ended up this way, like how they ended up as a serial killer, and all terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. And then it's like, new part. Here's off to, you know, off to another mm-hmm. uh, uh, state that we're going to. We're going to go see this one. And then here's this one's backstory. And then go to the next one and go to the next one. So it just, for me, like that part was also, it, it almost like dragged on. Yeah, okay. no, that makes sense. And every time they saw one of them, they died. I was like, guys, maybe stop visiting <laughs> twins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, maybe Look, they're following you. I might have. Like, I made a you know? point of that. I was like, you know, I'm and I'm not to say that it was lazy, like, but going A in order mm-hmm. and then B having so them tiny. drive in order as they showed up. I'm like, this just seems a little convenient. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I noticed that they went in order. Oh, yeah. Casey was just too broken at this point. Yeah. She was just struggling through just dragging herself army crawling through the sand yeah like i i definitely skimmed that one a little bit faster than Mm -hmm. giving the attention to the fic the rest of the fic that i did that part i definitely went a bit you know yeah also Uh there was some i mean some of it was pretty intense and gory and or brutal and very yeah you know traumatizing so and i had one bit so this is sadly the only part that i quoted but i had like i was like i had a major canon problem and i'm i'm going to read you the quote so it, the quote is and this it, it goes on for a second so bear with me here i'm ready how could they think i was tattooed Ed Jurs claimed that his tattoo moved and spoke to him, but it was always present. There were few X-Files involved body marks that only manifested in certain circumstances. Witchcraft. It, witchcraft induced marks indicating possession by the devil, for example. But I'd never seen anything about psychic transfer of bodily alterations. And what was it about the decorated scully that attracted illustrated men? And then I just said, um, Lazarus, we have fucking seen transfer of tattoos from one person to another so when george's tattoo started transferring onto Mulder or whatever it was when he was like we've never seen this before and i was like i got bullshit i know and that was the thing. here's the thing if it had been like a later season i would have been like well that episode hasn't aired yet mm-hmm. but it was like it was like a 
those are I'm sorry I get real bitchy about this shit so that's my only <laughs> literally like that only thing I we're all here literally <laughs> the only reason mm-hmm. picking anyway mea culpa you. but that was the only bit I quoted where I was like <laughs> I don't agree <laughs> that I found that part cool like the whole George thing and I like the George thing. Not necessarily. That was, fine, like, but cool. that was creepy though. Like I was, was. Like, really terrified. That would have been was... a good episode or a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You didn't like multiple dog heads? That wasn't your no. no? no. Oh good. No. That's I love that. Speaking of I want to believe, fun. but it was I be- I was like, this is a subpar monster of the week, and we had a we had a feature budget. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the only part of the fic itself that I went against that it was like it it pinged me because it was like, well, that's against canon. Yeah. Apart from that one case model. That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a question then. So talking about notes that we made, did anyone have any like particular favorite lines that they highlighted? Let's see. Oh, there's a lot of them. I know who does. Rachel? Yeah. Can I just point out one because I didn't write any of them down. But so earlier I had mentioned the moment where I had been like, oh, I think I've read this before because I distinctly Mm. remember this line. Yeah. What was the line? And the line was um, uh, the checks in the mail, the computer is down and I did not have sex with that woman. Yes. And this was (laughs) such a 90s line. But yeah. In the 90s, I, I literally remember reading it. And I think I had like written it on like the whiteboard outside my dorm room because it had like, it, <laughs> it kind of called to me. I was like, this is funny. And this like totally. Well, the writing is it, so good. It's yeah, so Yeah, it encompasses compelling. the 90s. But I was like, oh, that, I remember that specific <laughs> line, those mm-hmm. three sentences. Typical um, 90s comedy. And I still remember it to this day. So I was like, well, that is, it's been now 25 years and I still distinctly remember it. That is good writing. What I have, I've just pulled up here is, this is in Mulder's voice. By the afternoon, I could have gone swimming and not drawn any comments. Well, not about the marks on my back anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good Um, one. Yes, Red Speedo is very good. Um, It's a choice for a reason. I'm going to keep saying that. The red speedo, the story. Yeah. Oh, it's eternal. In the looking glass world, Dana Scully can cry for her children. There must be a me in all the possible realities for whom barrenness and then the sudden end of barrenness didn't mean this blankness, this cold fire. I, I love, love that. Scully. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I love that so <sighs> much. That's one of those things that I read and like, I'm so mad that I didn't write it because I love it so much. It's perfect. And it's, and it's like, you wonder, like you wonder. And that's why this, that's why I think this holds up as an AU because like, yes. Yeah. I mean, is she ever going to get to fucking cry for her kids? Like Jesus. Okay. So no, she's not. No. (laughs) But so I'm, I'm going to say that that's one of the things that I love about so the original, of course, you know, was Iolocus, which was just the kind of standalone and then the rest uh-huh. were you know, written subsequent to it. And the quotes at the beginning of each section are all from Medea by Euripides. Uh-huh. And 
you know, the reason that this, the evil character is named Jason, of course, is it's casting Scully in the position of Medea, where she's had all of this agency taken from her life. And the one thing she has left control over is her body and her children. And, um, you know, I think the fact that you bring up that quote of, is there this looking glass version? Is there this alternate version? Is there something where I get to process this trauma that's been done with my children? And the answer is that in, you know, quote unquote, the reality of her life, there isn't. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing that I love about this story is setting her up as Medea, where this is, this is all I have left. And there are these little nods throughout at one point where she she runs away from Mulder and she goes to Arizona and the, um, you know, the, the stumbling block that she sets in front of him is that she's going to visit her brother, Charlie, who's in Arizona. And of course, in the real story of Medea, she, um, she murders her brother so that her father has to stop and give him a funeral. And that's what delays him. And... Um, you know, there's this part where she's talking to her brother, Charlie, who, of course, she doesn't know. He's not that bad. <laughs> and, you know, he was like, oh, I think I think it was Skinner called. And he was like, you know, I, I let the kids talk to him and I made sure they were real unhelpful. Right. And so there's these little nods yeah. throughout of like this this parallel of the story. And I just really love it that you take this woman, you know, this semi-historical mythological character and you're like, this is another woman who had so much power and and she followed this man who made her all these promises about her life and they didn't turn out quite that way and how does she how does she take that back right he's looking for the golden fleece and she's with him and they're going to find it and everything's going to be great and then and then what so i really love that parallel there and um yeah that's it that that's that's my great love for the story no it's beautiful and all their titles are tied into similar themes oh yeah yeah the specific portion of the thick and I think that's oh my writer's heart soars I liked how they wrote about Marita like uh there was I think really good like scene setting for Marita like like um I mean it's a scully talking about Marita because she's not met her right so oh. Marita arrived only 10 minutes late I could tell that it was her by the odor conspiracy. She wore like a blue haze <laughs> of smoke around her shoulders. <laughs> oh, my yeah. that's great. That's great, Marisa writing. Uh-huh. So I flagged a lot of lines that reminded me of fix that were to come later that I feel like could potentially have been influenced by this one. Uh-huh. And Interesting. Yeah, there's a handful, but one of them. I'm so excited about this. One of them is yours. <laughs> Actually, several of them are yours. <laughs> Not oh, one. No. <laughs> no. I mean, and it was just my interpretation of like, oh, this just reminds me of this particular fic. Two notes. And one of them says Etricor in all capital letters. And one of them says, this feels a little like uh the fate of or the uh, the common fate of all things are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I did okay, so this one is so you an A V fic, but it did remind me of Parabiosis. If anyone had told me in 1993 that I was going to end up in a bathtub with you, let alone married to and pregnant by you, I would have told them that they were delusional. Mm, I mean, yes. is that not like the first scene of paralysis? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. that that felt that was cool to see. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought when I read that. Mm-hmm. Um no, the is it real or is it memorex? I was like, good catch. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my God. Like that's the most nineties moment for me was, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of callbacks, the petite, sophisticated stuff. Oh, like so, that, many. That, oh it, so many. Is it real? Is it Memorax? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> there was, was so Dana many. Karen is an excellent therapist. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that still of- holds up. First of all, <laughs> it does yeah. still hold up. The writing is fantastic. It still holds up, but there are a lot of. Mm-hmm. No, I just meant Dana Karen. To- yeah. Yes. Slurpees. Yeah, okay. Anybody Slurpees? Snapple. When mm-hmm. was the last time you saw a Snapple? I literally. Oh, in my fridge, like bitch, I've had a Slurpee recently too. <laughs> okay, I still like, see those quite often. I still see those quite often. There was yeah. Furbies as well. Furby, yes. Yes. Oh God, the Furbies. Um, there's Baby a part babies. where... He said, we reached the bottom of the stairs. The concrete floor of the basement was cool and clotted with dirt. It had been used recently. Someone had trekked in dying leaves, torn down by the spring storms. Green buds smeared across the, across the floor along with torn petals from blooming dogwoods. And I'm just like, and the scene in um, The Common Fate of All Things Rare where they're like going down into the basement and there's like a whole fucking ecosystem down there. I have no memory of so much. <laughs> I don't think I've looked at that for over a decade. I have. So I'm gonna trust everything <laughs> you say because I'm gonna be really useless there. We were doing absolutely this is nothing. Completely, this is completely off topic. We were doing some sort of a top three, and I could not remember. I have this. I had this memory of like Skull or Mulder and Skinner in a hotel room, and I had no idea what the fuck it was from. And then I was like, but there's this basement and there's like a serial killer and I have no, but it was the same pick and it was that one. So the basement is like stuck in my head because he had that whole like wall of like see-through glass. I absolutely believe you. <laughs> I, I hope so. You wrote part of it. Fine. <laughs> I have to record that someday. Anyways. Oh, God. There was a line. Um, I don't know where this is. Oh, in the very beginning. Okay. It's only page 13 of 949, but I flagged it. And the line is no wonder the Amazons performed mastectomies to perfect their archery. And that to me, what was the blue, uh, Samutra thick? Oh yeah. Was it March? Right. Uh-huh. I know I didn't make that up. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. That was, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's coincidence, but that was the first thing I thought when I read that line. Yeah. Oops. I think I know. Anybody else calling me out? What else have I done? What? I said, is anyone else calling me out? What else have I done? I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Let's see. One that. No, it's this one's pretty. Let's see. Where is it? Okay, actually highlighted a lot of things i was gonna say one that um made me laugh and was like oh that's so true this is more about jillian than it is about like the fic or whatever it's when she when warwick first meets scully and he goes she wasn't what i expected i thought she'd be taller <laughs> and then Mulder goes she is taller you just don't notice it at first it sneaks I up on you, and then it's too late and i i laughed at that Favorite. and then i'm like Hot five yeah mm-hmm. like, that's so true and i mean it's so true about I, I feel like Jillian in general, like she does have this, you know, even in the, in the show, you're like, I would never think she was so tiny. 
No, but even before the box though, because they didn't really use the box in the beginning. <laughs> ah. Yeah. But yeah, it just made me laugh that that line. Anytime, no, it's great. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, that's an incredible line. I love that. Uh-huh. Anytime some I guess do it better than others, but anytime a fic makes reference to the fact that, you know, she's physically small but psychically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, disproportionately larger. Like she takes uh-huh. up so much more space than you would expect. That you know, in your life, in your mind. I remember having the same uh, feeling about my kids when they were born because you have this little like six pound loaf, and it's like nothing. It's like this little tiny thing, and yet they're absolutely everything. Like your entire uh-huh. world revolves around this tiny, tiny little thing. It's kind of the same phenomenon. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, she, yeah. It's very, yep. though she be but little, she is fierce. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare. Yep. There's a lot of Shakespearean imagery throughout the whole thing. There's even one where I think after the court case, they're like, in the plays of Shakespeare, it is customary to like retire to the country. Super Rachel, I didn't know. That was right. yeah. I, you know, the names of the twins and like all of these different things, the, the name of Miranda to begin with. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. So, yeah. Wait, Bram. So, Cordelia. Cordelia uh, Bram. Isn't that vampires? Yeah. Uh, to me, I'm like, what, Bram Stoker? But okay, Cordelia, yeah. that's yeah. Oh, the one. So, yeah, the... no, not Bram, but Cordelia. What were else Cordelia. discussing Sebastian and Viola at one point? And Scully's like, I think they're going to come into the world with enough problems. We don't need to file drama on them. <laughs> Yeah. But then she calls them Cordelia and Bram. Wait, so which one? Which play is that? It's the king, right? The king with the three daughters. And they have called Gonorrhea. What? King Lear. Goneril, Reagan, and Cordelia. That's the one. But Bram, yeah, Bram Stoker. Yeah, she's like, we couldn't possibly call this Sebastian and Viola. So, <laughs> so Cordelia and Bram it is. Yeah. Only <laughs> from William. There's a, there's a name unbound by trauma. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> What a fucking on the Bram Stoker thing, there was a line where Mulder's like, she's my little vampire or something. Like after she, she, I, think oh, she yeah, bit him. Yeah. I think she bit him or something. That's early on. That's Very early, early on. Because I, I I think I highlighted it. Um, oh, I know right where that is. Yeah, my lovely little vampire love. She bleeds me. And then I'm like, uh, you need your kid Bram. And then flashback to San Francisco with Emily. Mm-hmm. There might be something specifically wrong with me that I can do this. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's probably clinical, at least subclinical. No. You sure? I think it might be. It's useful for us, say. Okay, can we- It is, it's super useful. I I have it a couple of times that this has come up, but there's like like references to them being like poor in this fic. Have you, not poor, but like not, not having money. And I'm like, wait, why is it? I don't know if it was just not Mulder. No, it is. It is. There, right? there are a couple throwaway lines yeah. where he's where he's making it seem like there's just not money. money. Yes, and you're like, okay, but there's a twenty five thousand dollar a year stipend for the baby, mm. and you come from like glorious wealth. So yeah, it's gonna keep talking about how Mulder has money and yeah. Tina has money. So where are yeah. you talking about? Because I don't have a memory of this, so it could very much be just a different perspective, and I would love to hear what I've missed. Well, okay, hold on. One was about Scully. Let me see when this one actually was. 
Um, there was references to her, you know, really, I guess, um, humble base housing and not a lot of space. Yeah, but no. I think that's true. Yes. No, no but this was, true. so like, she this was booking a flight. She was booking a flight to Massachusetts. So I don't remember when this was. Oh, no, I know exactly where you're talking and about. And she's like, she I used that her credit, credit card. card. Yeah, mine wouldn't stand the $800 charge. And I'm like, hmm? but, and then he I goes, guess- she also cleaned the remainder of the cash out of my wallet, which she had never done before. So I'm like, I don't, I like, there was just, and then there's another instance later on when they have Miranda and there's certain yeah. things that's like, oh, we can't afford that or we can't afford this. And I'm like, well, wasn't understand. there something about like, uh, oh, what are they eating? Like caviar and champagne or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so like you're talking about Bill's debt. Yeah. 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 But it was like not a huge number, whatever the, whatever the bill was. I was well, like, well, it was oh. the 90s. Um, excuse me. Credit card debt. Yes, that's what it was. It was like six hundred bucks. It was. A month. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember. It was six hundred dollars a month in credit card debt. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It was the nineties. Okay, so everything's like three times more than. Yeah. Like, <laughs> than it, wasn't, it, like. it was just. It was also had med part. school loans and probably student loans from college too yeah. that yeah. she yeah. was paying, and yeah. he did. That's the story. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, probably her credit card couldn't withstand an eight hundred dollar yeah. charge. But it was it was it was his mom. I I hope I wish I could find yeah, that. It was so many notes. She's more like working class relatable. Yeah, I think they do try and push that, don't they? The kind of class yeah. between them. At it was when point, he made the comments of like, oh, yeah. I can't afford that, or I'm like, you have a living nanny. You have like, you bought like, this house, bitch. You can afford it. Yeah, like <laughs> Maybe it's because Scully spent all his money on Donna Karen. Yeah, good for her. Sophisticated. Yeah. At some point, she's referred to as white trash. And no rest. At some point, what? Sorry. She's referred to as white trash. Did she self-refer to her? It's that self-referring. Yeah. Towards the end, I don't. No, she doesn't refer to herself. Was it? Was it Tina Mulder? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yes, I think (laughs) that's Tina Mulder's version of white trash. Is yeah, right, right. Yeah. That I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Tina Mold is supposed to come off sympathetically in this thing. No, but not I don't really. I this is not a visual meeting, but it. I just gave a big thumbs down. That's <laughs> bullshit. I should have it's I don't remember what exactly is happening. So then I smelled at the fragrant aroma of dirty diaper. I sighed and headed off to the house to deal with the reality. Mom had cornered Scully near the desserts and they were hissing at one another, two cats in the same territory. I should have known better than to think you were sensible, Mom said, looking at my wife as if she were Jerry Springer trailer trash. I worked with with Mulder for five years, Scully pointed out, and only then I realized that she no longer had to fake the unthinking use of my first name. Anyways, but yeah. So it's it's, it's Mulder. Oh, so he's saying his mom's looking at her like she's she's trailer trash, which I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, I understand that like Tina kind of sort of redeems herself toward the end of this, but like I just she's still a terrible that. person. Yes. She is awful. Unapologetically yeah. a terrible person, which you know, fair. She kind of is. Yeah. Lot. Like at the very first, at one of the very first like meetings of her, um, where like after they've gone to her house and whatever, and oh hey, let's have spaghetti because we're normal people, even though we're totally entirely fucking not normal people. When 
they're like they're having this huge issue when like all of a sudden she's like oh by the way do you have any pictures of my granddaughter yes <laughs> fuck tina jeez but it's Wait, like so on brand for their weird she, like, ass family. Oh, it wasn't how she opened the door. Didn't she open the door and yeah. say, hello, have you got pictures of my granddaughter? Hmm. That's revealing she was in on the conspiracy. Yeah, because they uh-huh. didn't, she she technically shouldn't have known at that point. They hadn't told anyone, right? Yeah. 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 Well, well, the Scully hadn't told anyone. Scully hadn't even told Mulder, right? Okay. Yeah. Did, no. did anyone bump on this real quick? So this is after all the whole George showdown and he's like dies in their house whatever like the everything happens right okay she goes Mulder nor I could uh Mulder nor I could even identify the average household cleaning products except when used as part of an intriguing method of killing this meant that blood and mud were everywhere in the house this is in their house that they're still living in indistinguishable from one another rested on floors walls and even a spatter up on the ceiling the various bullet holes made one wall of the living room even look like a modern art installation. Even the indestructible Ikea couch now appeared a little lopsided since there was a big black dried blood patch upsetting the geometry of the pattern. My note was they haven't cleaned this house since. Yes, I bumped on that huge. And I'm like, like you're living in this house. Older, but not Scully. You're living in this house with a toddler? I assume they were both was doing it. I Sorry, I just assumed the nanny was doing it. <laughs> but he got shot. Oh, but everyone was injured. Everyone Most was injured. Was injured. Scully right, was injured. No, no, and then up until injured. this point. Oh, that's oh, true. yes, yeah. yeah. But I did. Yeah, was... I did think. I think Scully cleans. I think we've seen Scully clean. Yeah, definitely. Well, and she does because she's like patching the bullet holes and you know stacking yeah. shit out of everything. But I think yeah. that happens eventually. But I think that they had to heal first. Yeah, that was just representative of the disarray that everything was in at that point. Like, they're literally just surviving at that point. You saying that reminds me, I think one of the best pieces of, like, show-don't-tell writing is when Zippy comes over and he's talking about the state of her apartment. Yes. And you have Mulder have this point Uh where he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's like, I threw out all of your plants and I threw out all of your garbage and I paid your bills and I did your laundry because you didn't have any underwear for me to throw into a bag. And again, um, Zippy kind of acts as this like third person voice where we get the real, like there's his first person, Mulder's first person narration voice and her first person narration voice. And then we get Zippy where it's like, this is what's really happening. This is what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And just him going through her apartment and her realization of like dawning horror of this is the person I've become and his realization of dawning horror of this is the person she's become. And I love the use of Zippy to give the objective reality of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing to do. It, it yes, was just a very effective. Way to use them. Even for yeah. us as the audience, I didn't yes. realize how bad it was. No. Yes. Like yeah. that put yeah. it absolutely in perspective. Like, oh, yes. she hasn't even been taking care of herself she hasn't no. been doing her laundry she has yeah. not even been paying her bills like that right and that's... then he goes into Miranda's nursery and looks at these blank postcards that she's been sending in this totally different context and I love the use of that as like this turning point in the story where they're like we either have to go through this and never speak again because we're both too broken or we have to figure it out together but like that's it those are the two choices well and like and the part where so when Scully first ends up staying there and she's, you know, in that tentative, like, you know, I, I, I whatever, I want to see her. And Mulder's like, that's not probably not a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't even mad because 
No, he he's so, so protective much of, of his daughter. She to sort out. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe it would help her to see Miranda, but also like, that's not Miranda's job. Like that's right. not, that's not on the kid. And, you know, and then I put Scully needs a standing appointment with Karen Kosa. So <laughs> <laughs> well, she even talks about that where she was like, my therapist deserves better than to have to deal with me because I'm a human disaster. And she talks mm-hmm. about going to the survivors group. And she was mm-hmm. like, everybody, their story was too normal to deal with what I'm going disconnect. Through. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even as she talks about like, this is how everybody else is dealing with their trauma. And I don't even have that, I think is really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Insight into her character. Well, yeah. Like, who do you talk to when, you know, your husband didn't leave you? You haven't been abused by a partner, but like your, your literal eggs have been stolen from you. You were literally, you were kidnapped and abducted for like, what? Three months, four months. Three months, yeah. And then you came back. You got and your cancer. family had bought you a tombstone, which is <laughs> yeah, stone cold. Like, mm-hmm. who do you talk to? No, wait, we're gonna we're gonna like two picks this later, corner. so we'll just keep this because we don't have a lot of money. So, yeah. <laughs> like, so crazy story, but guess what happened? <laughs> well, and I actually, I actually like that they brought up that her going to a survivors group and not feeling like she fit in and belonged. Yeah, because it's it's valid it's like you said Rachel like who like yeah who would, who would believe any of that or who could you know that also shows you the depth of her dysfunction because she mm-hmm. doesn't even realize she doesn't even think she deserves to yeah yeah be helped for this she yeah you know she just doesn't she's too deep in it she doesn't realize how badly things have gone off the rails and how truly yeah. victimized she was she just doesn't even comprehend that yeah mm-hmm. That's what I said is I really like that, like, again, it's very ugly and messy, but I like that it's like, what if you let them be real people who are processing trauma? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I like, because I do think that there's a lot of relatability for people who have gone through trauma. And there's this sense where it's like, I'm the only person who's ever experienced it and nobody can get it. And it's mm-hmm. like, what if you took two people who went through that and you let them feel that way? Um, what mm-hmm. does that look like? So... Like I said, this, it looks like this. It looks like this. It does. I think it does. So, um, we've talked, we've talked a lot about, about the sex. Sorry. Oh, oh my God, Rachel, that's exactly where I was going. I was like, we've talked a lot about the trauma, but I feel like 50% beyond the ice cream or as a minimum, true. But 50% as a minimum is sex scenes. Yeah. So, how are we feeling about the sex in I Locus? Go. <laughs> Pretty good. There was almost so much of it that it felt gratuitous at some points, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I didn't <laughs> necessarily love there that there were. This is gonna sound so dumb and twee, but like <laughs> there were so many sex scenes without love as a the base of it. Um, yeah, no, I do think that love was has always been the base of their sexual relationship. That, that they knew that they had loved each other far before they knew they lived each other far before they ever started having sex. But um, I, there were so, there were a lot of them and it, but it, none of it felt romantic. And in a way I read fanfic for the romance. I read fanfic mm-hmm. for what I didn't get from the show. Right. And maybe that's uh-huh. just an idealistic kind of way to come at it, but I enjoy that. That's why I love reading romance novels that haven't, you know, that aren't fanfic. 
And so, um, so I'm not going to say I had a issue with it. Cause like, it's a vaccine. Great. Let's go. But so much of it was them. They were so distanced from themselves while they were having sex. And it was an outlet as opposed to a, you know, a way to be plugged in with the other person, a way to like, mm-hmm. you know, show it's not a way to show love god that sounds so stupid uh-huh. and hokey, yeah but, um like, like from a storytelling perspective because i was like okay like fair enough it's it's hot like okay part of the function of fanfic and especially of i guess if you're looking coming at it from the trope aspect it's like you've got a lot of you're having a lot of fun with oh what are the different ways they can keep having sex and like it's hot and that's fine and you want to turn people on great but it didn't really, a lot of the time, seem to move the plot forward. Um, so this is where I think sex is like, in fanfic, is at its absolute best, where you really can't say, oh no, but it's like artistically necessary, um, uh-huh. which is why I'm a big fan of When the Ink Dries, because it's like every time anything sexual is happening in there, it is moving that plot forward. Like everything is vital. None of it is gratuitous. Whereas in this, it did feel like, as you say, it was it was gratuitous. And I'm not complaining, but it didn't have that hook for me that made me feel like not guilty to be reading it almost. (laughs) It was like, I couldn't be like, oh, no, 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 but it's like. But also like, I feel like this fic covered every little facet of life that happened between time A and time B. And that's why it's 1000 pages long, even though it (laughs) transpires over the course of, you know, only a few months, whatever. But they talk about all the little minutiae, like going to the grocery store and driving in the car. And so this is just another event Mm -hmm. that happens in the course of their daily lives and they don't skim over it. And let me tell you, I would rather read the sex than the grocery store. So that's fine. (laughs) I don't think we had every time they went to the grocery store, but we may have had every time they had sex. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think, I mean, and I think that you're kind of right on the mark there, Fiona, because like, they moved and I mean even like Casey they did they moved from the impersonal but it got progressively just fucking poetic like I mean and even at the beginning it was still I mean one of the first quotes that I copied was but his body unlike his mind is the temple my temple I've written my name on it in gunshots and stitches I've traced runes above it and bound him with a handshake like yes but then you get to um, I kissed her throat, her shoulders, her breasts, every scent and texture sweet and familiar. The soft skin of her wrapped around me and underneath me. I drowned in her vanilla peach rich and wild smell. Ivory on onyx with amber inlay. She stretched out below me and I polished her with my hands, my mouth, proving my worship. When she finally parted the slim columns of her thighs and invited me inside, she was hot, honey, and wine. Like, I mean... They just, they got to this point where the sex was just beatific. Like it was, it was glorious and it was it's written well. Too. It's so fucking poetic. Like, ah, uh, I, it, it's, ugh. I mean, the whole thing is written so well, but like, they're just parts of like the sex scenes, even, even when they are gratuitous that you're just like, Oh, I just want to say. I think it doesn't advance the plot, but it advances your view of how the characters view each other. 
was just gonna say that. Sorry. No, no, I do like that there's a lot of room in this, especially at the beginning, for for Scully just to be like, no, she's just very, very attracted to Mulder. Mm. And even while she's denying that she's in love with him, I do love that they just really let her have just this raw desire. Like when they were saying, oh, you know what the psychologists were saying, oh, what is it you love about Mulder? And her interior monologue is like, well, have you seen him? Right. <laughs> right. And she's like yelling at her attorney and her attorney's like, come on. Yeah. Is her attorney's checking him out? Checking him yes. out. Yeah, that's true. I did like that possessive aspect of her. Did um, anyone else think the two attorneys for the two different sides were getting it on though? Because she well, they did in the end. If there are a couple, they're not there yet, but they did in the end. It's implied though, right? Yeah, because remember she asked about her coworker. How did you when they were oh, like, how, did, yeah. how did you deal with being with your coworker or whatever? Yeah. yeah. To me, I took this, I took all the sex scenes as uh, um, just, it shows the progression of their relationship, even though their actions and their thoughts might not actually line up, right? Like in the mm-hmm. beginning, it's very like, just, right. I just want to fuck, like, just fuck out the anger, yeah. you know, all the Well, emotions. they also stopped like injuring each other in the meantime, you know, like the, mm-hmm. it stopped being so violent and just mm-hmm. destructive and yeah. dangerous. Like you can, you can almost follow you know, the timeline of the sex scenes and then kind of know yes. like, okay, this it's is when, so you know, shit's going down and this is when they're in their bad place. And then they're getting, you know, it, and it does get softer and warmer and, and it, loving as it goes on. And that gets finally paid off in the last bit in the holiday section, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Obviously yeah. you have red limb, but there's like, finally yeah. Scully actually says, I love you. I love it, you. Yeah. And he like, so that Mal- like, it shocks Mulder so much. He just completely freezes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, what? Yeah. So, it, it's you do get I guess that combination of that three line of mm-hmm. coming from her pretending not to have any feelings to finally admitting it out loud and she even says like okay I hope one day to be able to actually like say it out loud like at the grocery store at the grocery store yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah I found that an interesting way he says or I think the last time they have that type of conversation he says something like I love you and she's like yeah what you said but I yeah. haven't actually gotten to the part yeah. where she says it <laughs> yeah it was a very like ghost like i love you ditto like yes oh good good (laughs) i love when miranda's taking her first steps where they've built this playhouse for miranda in the backyard and it's where miranda's taking her first steps and they're both sort of like independently like melting and falling apart because here's Miranda taking her first steps and they're experiencing that together. And it's just sort of, um, I love the way it sort of has their independent reactions, but sort of like playing off of each other of like, wow, we're having this amazing experience together. And I, yeah. again, think it's such a wonderful piece of like show don't tell of like, yes. this is what it looks like when you sort of are slowly building these pieces and what is it like to be a parent and you know, all of these sleepless nights and whatever have kind of come together into like, but she's walking in the grass and that's really amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're still disconnected because Scully's like hiding her tears in Miranda's shoulder and Miranda's right. over on the blanket pretending not to be sniveling. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it's right. interesting that they're like, but you can see those emotions are there, but they're just still not right. quite. They just, they don't opinion. know what to do with them. And yeah. so like, fucked up. we're just going to let Miranda kind of carry this through. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question because everyone kind of talks about this as being like the fic that just split the fandom. So was it really hugely controversial at the time? 
really, really was. I'll let anybody else who remembers this speak to it, but. I believe yeah. that. What was it like? It was uh, it was uh, just, I guess it wouldn't have been Twitter wars at the time, but yeah. what were people just arguing about it? Like, no, it's terrible. Yes, it's. Sorry, it was um, <laughs> like these, here, I'm going to really date myself, like these alt.tv groups mm. and um, just, <laughs> it was really, it was almost like if you liked it, it was almost a betrayal of, of mm. the characters and of the show and I always had this view of it as, and I, it has been explicitly stated that it was written in this very feminist lens where again, Scully was being given agency back and other people are like, she has been reduced to a sex object and I don't know why anybody would have this opinion. Mm. And it was incredibly, incredibly divisive. And I obviously made it more <laughs> where I came down on that, but yeah, so I always viewed it through this very, very feminist lens and and not everybody did. And um, it was also, it's such a hand wavy thing to say, but it was a really different time, not just culturally, but, you know, in terms of what people were writing, like it was really, it was really different. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess on the flip side, would the reaction be the same today though? I kind of... I- you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I don't there, think it's there are a cohesive community. Yeah, you know. the time. I think there, there are people like who will have that opinion. a place on the internet, and that's where you went. Yeah, there were like you were either like at the Shippers Haven, or you know, there were just there were factions at the time. There were way obviously way more no Romos than there were Shippers because. Mm-hmm. That was a thing that was possible at the time, and That's now it's like, shippers won, bitch, take seat. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I don't. I wish I could recall this. I re- I apparently have read this fic because I do remember a specific line. Yeah. Um, but I wish I could remember the, you know, the reaction, the feeling of the time, yeah. and I that's is this is one specific book where I don't I do remember when others came out and the feelings that went along with them and how different the reactions were but I absolutely can see this oh, having experienced it wasn't good right yeah. having, having been in the fandom at the time because um there are vestiges of that same mindset today yeah online where people are like personally okay. offended that anyone could even think much less write or like Mm -hmm. it but even think about this scenario Mm -hmm. you know but it's a lot less I feel like because you know our mindsets have changed and we it's more of an echo than it Uh is a full-throated roar totally because I know people like at this point they're like I just want them to be happy you know like oh big time fair but they also have to deal with all their shit right yeah. that's a lot of the reaction i get when i'm trying to recommend fathoms five people are like i'm sorry what now hell no yeah. <laughs> you're like yes but fathoms five it's like it's yeah, they're dealing with shit it's terrible but this mm. it's also family fluff at the same time and i locus i think is similar they're, yeah. they're uh-huh. dealing with all this shit at the same time there's family fluff it's none of our lives are perfect there's always something deeper and more horrible going on and they're so far from being anywhere near perfect but even the comparative to all of this like some of the stuff that I've written my inbox is always such a ride and people are like I just wanted to let you know that you're a piece of shit and I'm like thanks and it's fine I I don't mind I think the fact that you could write something that makes people feel so viscerally that they want to reach out and be like 
you have personally attacked me and you can get fucked. I'm like, that's a really powerful connection to have with another person. That's uh-huh. very true. It yeah, is kind of like, like, you chose to read it, motherfucker, but sure, <laughs> blame me. It apparently was written <laughs> so well that you continued to the end and left a comment. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I did my job. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do. I'm like, I wrote something that made you feel that much of a connection. Like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And your taste is obviously shit and you're a bad person and you should feel bad. But like, also... <laughs> Thanks. Seriously, this this sense of like you write something that somebody connects with, and maybe it's not the connection that you were hoping that they would have, but Mm. they still had a connection. And I I think that's really, really cool. And the fact that we're having this conversation in 2023 is is pretty amazing. Like it's pretty powerful. Jesus, we're all still here. Yeah. (laughs) I am choosing not to contemplate that too much and you picked along some new people along the way hi <laughs> yeah. yeah so would we would we recommend this then so if we're looking at i like us are we recommending this to others yeah without without failing i think everybody should read it i know that everybody won't no but i think a lot of should. people won't. i mean <laughs> you commenting from someone who didn't love it like an uh, oh it, it's a slog at first <laughs> Yeah. Um, stick it out but in the end as I was reading it it and, it and it did take me a while to get to this point but I was like okay well I can't put this down I have to give credit to the writing itself mm-hmm. very well done there's mm-hmm. you know there's no nothing grammatical or you know where you're just like what the fuck I, I'm mm-hmm. out um you know no, no double negatives or anything so but the story itself is really tough to swallow but if you can get past the first two parts, mm-hmm. there is, and, and, you know, there's, there's healing to be done from the beginning to the end. And I, you know, after having read it, I don't know if I'll ever read it again. Um, but it is, I, I do think with all my bitching aside at the beginning, <laughs> in the end, uh, I do think it was worth having read it, particularly because it's such a fandom classic. And now I can, you know, count myself among the people who have read it and remembered that she read it as opposed to having read it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's just me. Yeah. No, yeah. And I think for me, it's like almost like as a scholar of X-Files fanfic, I feel like it's important to have read it. You know what I mean? That's this is yes. temple piece. Yeah. You need to know your history. Text, like the classics. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, did these write it? So we've got Mustang Sally and what is it? Rivka. 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 So, Rivka yeah. Is there, are there other texts that we ought to be reading as well? Yeah, I've read so a lot of where this came from. Oh, both of them are fantastic writers and they're mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't uh-huh. think anything in the same way. I mean, I love Tikkun Alum, um, which also is an X-Files fanfic, but... I don't think that it has the same lasting influence. I don't know. Is that the right okay, word? which one was that? Did you say sorry? It's called here. I'm gonna I'm gonna type the name here, but it's called Tikkun Alum. Okay. Which means to repair the world. Mm. So T I K K U N. I will give you a link in just a moment. Thank you. And well, did Mustang Sally write all the children are insane? Yes. Which I haven't read, but has also been recommended. So maybe that's oh, yes. I mean the writing's always gonna be exceptional. Mm-hmm. Or no. That's that sounds promising game. just going by the title. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Does it not? Who wrote Dr. Yeah, Scully's all the uh, extraordinary boys? That was Prue. Okay. Well, okay, that's a whole other podcast. That's yeah, a whole that, other, is, that is. That's a that whole, is other a whole podcast, other podcast, which we should absolutely do. We need to I am, that. I'm more than down. Come for on. That one. Well, guess, oh, God, that's something else I'm going to have to read now. Uh, but I guess I have to spend, I was supposed to spend this year, no, 2022, reading all of Bruce's stuff, but I just didn't because. Whatever. I've read most of it. Most because of it. life. So maybe I'll I didn't think I could read it all in one go. Maybe that'll do my, because that was supposed to be this podcast. And I was like, at the last minute, I was like, we have nothing really prepared for this. So fuck it. Let's just, let's do my I feel it. like yeah. I'm kind of responsible in a way that. You I'm are entirely scared. responsible. Oh, yeah. So I don't see Aspects of your lives I've ruined. <laughs> yes. You took me out of the group chat for like a month and a half. I was like, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm reading Iolicus. Um, but also, well, uh-huh. Penumbra also recommended it. And I was like, okay, so if Penumbra and Aloysia Vergara nope. are recommending, two, both of them recommending this, I, clearly I need to read it. Yeah, I, it was really foundational for me in a lot of yeah. ways. Mm. I can definitely see it why just, I'm it also It feels glad. very important. It yeah. does. And, you know, whether you agree with what happened or not, it's obviously such an amazing quality piece mm-hmm. yeah yes, and I feel sure. like we're all the type of readers and writers that we appreciate something that's good quality you may argue about one facet or another and there may not be you may not love every single element of it but you can recognize when it's excellent quality oh absolutely it's, it's mm-hmm. intelligent and that is yeah. eternal, like nothing else yeah. that's yeah. right there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of um, you know, it's you, it makes you think a lot, yeah, yeah. I'm like, for, right now for the ones that read the 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 last one, um, what's it called again, Rachel? It's holidays backwards, it's holidays backwards. Oh, there you go, that one. Oh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> You're like, mm, oh, it's fancy Latin <laughs> for its holidays. Um, <laughs> did you guys feel that was needed? No. I don't think I didn't like the first two. I like the third one. Yeah, because the beginning was so dark. I like the dichotomy of the very end being so light. I'm not normally a fluff person, baby fic person, family fic person, but it did help balance the fic as a whole for me as just a reader who reads for pleasure. That I think that it... I'm not going to, yeah, I'm going to say it was needed. Just, yeah. I think that the the only thing I got that I really felt I needed was the Maggie Scully resolution. Mm. Everything else I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. It's like hilarious, whatever, fun, like comforting. But the only thing that I really was like, oh, I'm so pleased that this is in here. Yeah, was at least that tiny conversation with Maggie Scully because I did not like leaving it at, I don't Mm. have a mother. I am again the outlier and I have absolutely no fond and maternal feelings toward Maggie Scully to where I actually care. So that doesn't really bother me at all. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm indifferent. I <laughs> like it, but I would have been fine with leaving it there. So I'm I'm gonna bravely take um no side and just be a coward. <laughs> I'm yeah. also I mean, it's fine. I just definitely did not need that. Yeah, but that's it was, just me. It was good. Like it was 
it was good. It was funny. Like there was good moments. I had no problem with it either, but yeah, I, I was just curious what everyone's take was on. Yeah. Cause I, I could, I was fine without it as well. Like I was yeah. like, okay. Mm, like, I, was I, like really wanted, I really wanted the twins. Yeah, oh, you wanted like the twins? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> And we didn't. Did we twins. know they were twins at that point? Do we yes. know they're twins at the end? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Right? Sound. yeah. And Mulder just faints dead. Yes, yeah. that's how it ends, right? Him fainting. That's yeah, pretty much it. Yes. Although, can we agree that Matthew's a dick? Yes. yes. <laughs> it tracks. He comes by it honestly. He comes by. My it, God. And then I'm like, what did you kill Jesus? Know? He's a two-year-old. Would he say that? I did think that was a little young like, for. So Lynn in, in context, so they're having their they did their whole like Hanukkah thing at their house and then they did Christmas at Maggie's and Mulder's like, hey sport, Merry Christmas. And Matthew goes, You're a Jew, you don't have Christmas. And then Mulder goes, Well, I guess I can take back your present then. And he goes, Bill goes, Matt, you don't be a pest. And then Matthew goes, You killed Jesus. <laughs> But I but think okay. that really tells you what he's learning at home. Well, because true. That is true. Because, tells him that. Yes. But, because kids hear that. So my, well, and in the group chat, like, what was it? Two weeks ago, I randomly let you guys know that CJ was in the bathroom in the shower talking to himself. And he was like, my uncle's a dick. And I was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> because that's the stuff he hears at home. Yeah. I mean, and he's 10, but yeah. like. Yeah, that's the stuff that Matthew's hearing at home that Mulder yeah. doesn't believe in Jesus. And Tara was probably getting him all psyched and excited about going to grandma's yeah. for, for the holiday. And you're going to get to see Miranda and your Aunt Scully and your Uncle Fox. And then yeah. Bill probably was like, Yeah, your Uncle Fox shouldn't even fucking be there because he doesn't even believe in Christmas. <laughs> yes, that jury. Like, yeah, that's I totally, Bill. absolutely 1000%. Yeah, and then he just narrated it. it back because, yeah. you know, but it was like, really different. Literally, Literally I highlighted it and my comment was, you're a dick. Or what a dick. <laughs> but about, I did about like a child. how... But a two-year-old, so I feel... <laughs> it was Bill's two-year-old. But no, I did like mm-hmm. how it was just assumed that Mulder is Jewish. And I thought, that's probably another trope, isn't it? Mulder being it Jewish. It absolutely yes. is. Yes. I will tell you, speaking as an East Coast Jew, he reads as Jewish to me. Yeah. So unequivocally that I'm like, I can't believe this is still debatable at this point. Was mm-hmm. that a trope? Back in oh, the yeah. late 90s, though? That was definitely a trope. Because I know it's discussed at length these days. And I yeah, no, it was at the time. It was definitely a thing. Yeah, I remember oh. reading a lot of fic that touched on him having, um, and from his mom, like Jewish, like. Yeah, you know, I wrote something that dealt with like his whole backstory of like, well, why is there like a cross here? And then he's Jewish and blah, 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 blah. And it was really a lot of fun to put all those pieces together, I guess, from my own perspective. And what is it about him that makes him read Jewish to you? I don't know. I really don't know. I think probably it's because David Duchovny is a half Jewish guy from New York and there's yeah. just a million little things. It's so ingrained in me where there's like a thousand little jokes where I'm like, oh God, that's funny. And I don't know if anybody else would get it. Uh-huh. There are just things that, yeah, just read to me where I'm like, you know what? I went to school with this guy. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's also the time and location. I mean, I don't know much about mm-hmm. like, you know, American history and geography and like, you know, what the sure. makeup was of people back that like at that time yeah. frame too, right? Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, back in Mulder's day, not your day. <laughs> yeah. So just I can see. I I didn't. I never. I never thought that was an uh, a weird take. 
back yeah, then. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, I, I didn't yeah. realize it was even like a thing that was open for discussion. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously. And I think David Duchovny said he even played him that way until he was told otherwise, where it was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's just, that's just who this guy is. I'm yeah. trying to remember early in the series, how did we know this? Because I know there's references to it, like in season six and how the ghost stole Christmas and in Drive. But I'm trying to remember, like, were there any overt references or was it just more of a, I can't remember right now. You know, it was in Drive. It was How the Ghost Stole Christmas. And I don't remember. Both of this are just kind of jokes, aren't they? That it's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to answer think, this question. I think there's yeah. just a bunch of tongue-in-cheek comments where I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. It tracks. It tracks. Yeah. Especially for such an overtly, like, Christian mythology show it's nice to have that be in there it is actually and and knowing what we know about Chris Carter it's a little surprising it is but again you know it's one of those things where it's like does it have anything to do with him or is that was sort of the trajectory where the actors took it and he was sort of yeah. like oh, yeah. along oh, the ride sure. now. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> my thinking was I think so that it had nothing to do the, with Mulder story. it had to do with David right. the company yes oh I yeah like wearing a stupid wedding ring he's just okay. like i have decided Mulder is jewish and yeah. we have decided Mulder is scully having sex like no matter what the script is <laughs> we're just playing it that way now you got it yeah so another yeah. thing that i found interesting and i see this in like i don't know 25 percent of fix or maybe 24.3 percent of fix oh. check the spreadsheet check the spreadsheet let's see i always thought and I'm pretty sure there's canonical references that Scully lives in Georgetown, but mm -hmm. there's a non insignificant yeah. minority of fix that have her in Annapolis. It's breaking my brain. Someone yeah, make it make sense. Where yeah, no. that is not possible. And that she is my answer. For her to live in Annapolis? For there to be any resolution of disparate facts ever. <laughs> Was it ever mentioned in the in the series that she lives in Annapolis? Yeah, I don't. Was I don't know what has happened and what I've imagined and what other people have imagined. Yeah, I mean, I mentally Georgetown. have her in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's I mean, so I always she's in Georgetown and he's in the movie says. He's in she's in Georgetown, but the movie also says he's in fucking Arlington when we all know he's in Alexandria. No, but it never says he lives there. He just tells the cab driver he wants to go to Arlington. But, but why do you want to go to Arlington? Oh, well, isn't that like um, Annie Admiralty's theory that because Diana Diana's in hospital? There. Oh, in motherfucker. And I, I got to say, that's my headcanon too, because it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. But okay, hold on. Wait. Back to Google. When are we talking about? Hold on. In the movie, right? He gets in the cab and he says, first of all, it's Arlington and they says no Georgetown, right? Yes. Second of all, it says 610 Gervais Street, Dana Skelly's apartment and X-Files pilot. And then it has her in Vancouver. Google is just fucking. Google's confused just like us. Oh my God. Anyways, carry on. I, somebody needs to look into this. But I feel like I can't. Well, we can ask Chris Carter in September. There, there we go. you go. I will ask. Yeah, like he's going to remember. Love, I would love to hear this. I will. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. I bet he'll just tipsy. open up his show Bible and consult <laughs> where exactly everyone was. What lives. show oh, Bible? Oh. Our questions, oh, our questions are who was in Arlington? Where does she live? Oh, man. What else? Yeah. 
Well, I have my question for him is, is postmodern Prometheus, did it actually occur in the universe of the show or was it, a, was it a, a story, a dream or a story or, but I kind of don't want to know the answer to that. So I might not ask that. Yeah. Um, I feel like but, his answer will also be like, it could be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think he thinks about stuff, this kind of minutia these days, but yeah. Yeah. But the Annapolis thing has really confused me for mm -hmm. a long time. And I just wondered where it came from. There must be like one episode out of 217 where uh, the, t the stamp or the location has her in Annapolis. But I feel like there's, if there's one of those, there's 999 of her being in Georgetown. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've mm -hmm. never for a second thought she lived in Annapolis, but enough oh. people do that. It makes me think there must be a reason. Okay, and so before everybody has to like dip out, um, so overall, out of ten, where do you put Iolocus? Next question. Oh, jeez. Hmm. Uh, what? What was that? Eleven? Did you say? Where do you? Who's ten? 11? You did say eleven. All right, you're gonna have to call on us individually. Like, okay, no, I yeah. ruined it. She was trying. I'm sorry. Um. Hmm. That's a good question. It's hard. Everything's ready. Feel free I'm to say seven. Like it would be an eight, but I think it loses point with just a touch too much domesticity for my taste. But it is excellent and important. Because what puts me off is not all the terrible things. I thought the terrible things were great and compelling. It was where it started all to get a bit too comforting and babyfied that I was like, eh. Counterpoint. I put it at seven because there was a little too much darkness. And not quite enough of the fluff. So, Fiona, so I did seven, but for entirely different reasons. How do we balance each other out? Yeah, but Fiona, I did feel the same way. Of like, it like, like a switch was like, I don't know if you want to say turned on or or yeah. turned off or whatever. That's true which, too. Depending on which way you you're you want your fic to go, but mm -hmm. I feel like it did go from like darkness to like almost rainbows and unicorns and you know which I feel like the fic needed but definitely not as much but that's also my my dark heart there but um course, I, like, if, I was gonna say like if Mulder and Scully are gonna have a baby mm -hmm. and, like then this is how I want it to be do you know what I mean like it, it, it's like okay there's gonna be custody issues it didn't like first one didn't come naturally they had like literally got sliced out of a dead woman's mm -hmm. stomach in an experimental facility and they're not really getting on with the whole situation very well so and then there's a custody case so okay if there's going to be a baby then then this is how this is how I want to read it then yeah um, so I will qualify it with that yeah mm -hmm. no I think when, I, I would give it I would give it an an eight yeah I would give it an eight it was a great fit like it was it was great I had no problem with it I would also give it an eight and I'm docking points because it took me 600 pages to get to the point where I was like really turning the pages. Yeah. And that's, uh -huh. I'm not going to penalize it for the first person because we know that there's a strategic reason why that was done. So even though it annoyed me at the beginning, I'm not going to penalize it for that. I'm really just penalizing it because it took so long for me to get into it. But in terms of the quality of the story, the fact that it makes you think really hard about a lot of things. It really challenges everything uh -huh. you thought you knew about these characters. Yeah. Um, and some of the prose and the, the metaphors and yeah, it's uh -huh. really top notch. So I would say eight as well. 
Casey. Casey, oh yeah. I gave it a seven. I went yeah, totally the opposite of Fiona with the same <laughs> oh, for the opposite reasons. We'll just call it tequila. <laughs> AV, 11, did you say 11? I'm willing to map it up to 12. <laughs> <laughs> to compensate for my lackluster like, all of you. Look, I'm going to make it a is what it is. I, I yeah. can only address it as it comes to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. No, I didn't. I, <laughs> I mean, I talked ad nauseum about so much of why I love it, but it really, it's, it's, I'm taking it out of the context of 2023 and putting it in the context of 1998 and saying, mm -hmm. This was a brave fucking thing to write because there are people who were like, I will never talk to you again because you wrote this. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a baller move. And um, I, I, uh, I extra points for that. Extra yeah. points for that for sure. Big time. Extra points yeah. for even thinking on this level at a time when for no Medea? one. Come on. Yeah. For the, for the writing, it's got to be like a nine, I guess. Oh. It's just oh, for my sure. personal yes. taste. Maybe even yeah. a 10. Maybe even a yeah. 10. But yeah. for my personal taste, it's it's a seven. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Right. It is like those set pieces, like you say, the, the being brave, all the kind of injects of all the tropes. Yeah. Like, it's clever. It's it's well mm -hmm. thought through. It's detailed. It's yes. nuanced. It's really smart. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It is. And it's beautiful. A lot. Of, there's some bits in this which are just exceptionally gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. I would probably leave it around. Honestly, I think that I would leave it at a nine before this, before this get together. But now I'm kind of at a 9.5 because I feel oh. like there are parts of it that I didn't even realize that you guys have like brought to the forefront. And I think mm -hmm. that that just kind of made me like it more. And I'm probably going to reread it. But yeah. I'm also editing it into to two separate books. So, and I'm redoing the covers and doing oh, a better job because Keisha asked for it and it was an undertaking. Like yeah. the, the, but now the I want it for myself. Yeah. It's a great fit. Like it's great. It covers a lot of things It like that you said, like people were scared to even like touch or not mm -hmm. even, you know, they just wanted them to be happy. Uh, you know, they just wanted whatever. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a great fit. It's, mm. you just have to get past the second part. It's, it's a lot, like a lot. you know what it he is doesn't and they were drugged okay it's Everybody not even that it with me he doesn't <laughs> and they were drugged so when you go to read this after we've told you to read it he doesn't and they were drugged that could be your yeah. cover rachel just Those take the bad blood the things just take the bad blood, yeah. bad blood that's scene. what i did see you were missing okay. from the group chat for like three uh, weeks so you didn't see it but i dropped it's that, largely that my fault <laughs> and it is entirely well, because i was reading specifically it. largely it, it really and truly is that a lot happens in the first two like a yeah, lot yeah. a lot a lot a lot yeah. of things happen the molder thing comes out of nowhere that you know wasn't in the story it, like in the show at all right so mm -hmm. that's something that you have to wrap your brain around brain, uh, brain around all those characters then you have everything that scully's gone through um and then i find like in the three in the in the third part and the fourth and then you know holidays backwards i'll never be able to say it right that one also like it's it's that one those last two are kind of like the same they cover the same topic right like right better right. and and now advancing and whatever but the, the first two is just so much happens to to wrap your brain around yeah. everything um so lot. it does almost seem like you need to reread like one and two to get everything definitely that's where <laughs> i'm know? at because 
the whole time you're going through that, the, those first two parts, you're mm-hmm. like, where is the payoff? Like where, yeah. at what point does this start to make sense? And it yeah. does later, Yeah, but you would probably approach it differently. It's an investment. You, yeah. It is. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is. It's an investment right. that everybody should make. Yes. all of the trigger warnings because yes. there are a lot of them. So many. Basically every imaginable every. trigger warning. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if this one was flagged, but um, vomiting, like I've never read a fic where there is more vomiting. So much vomiting. <laughs> yes. It's like every page somebody throws up. Especially okay. in the beginning with his ulcer. They're going through a lot. Oh yeah, that's right. But I loved it. I loved that pregnancy reveal because I had not put it together. And no, it was, I hadn't either. Was oh, folic acid? I know. Oh, I saw through that from I saw that from the beginning. Damn. Yeah. No, no, well, I did not at all. And she was being sick because of the court case. It, because that's kind of a real thick trope, isn't it? Like something terrible happens and then they throw up. And then, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, take this after, after the the Jason thing and like potentially being pregnant, you know, by him. And then the vomiting, I'm like, oh, she's pregnant by Mulder, 1000%. Yeah, no. I'm I'm like, I can be a very naive reader in that way. I'm just like, <laughs> these two people who didn't like each other got together at the end? What? <laughs> I just oh go on for the ride. Well, that and the and the um Ingveld, the high school. Yeah. 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 Um, like scrubbing, well, not scrubbing the tape, but yes. like filtering the tape. I'm like, I okay, saw I that. Love Ingveld. Yes, that was so really telegraphed in a Her lawyer jokes. I yeah. Saw, yeah, I saw that coming too. And I had one other note where I was like, where did what did I say in my note? It was um oh, someone broke into your car and stole your ID badge. I wonder who took it. Yeah. <laughs> it was George taking your yeah. ID badge so you could get into the FBI. Fucking of course, you fucking moron. <laughs> someone stole my ID badge. Moving good. Yeah. Also, come on, dude. I know we just rated it, but like the darkness of of when um when he when he goes in and he sees wait did he go in yeah and saves yeah. Scully from George in the office oh and like, what God. actually happened Scully and he's like I just let him do it I didn't fight yeah I'm like oh like he, that also shows right where we get zippy again like here's here's what really happened that's yeah. such a good observation. Yeah, mm-hmm. like just, just do yeah. it. I'm not gonna fight, and that's what you know. That almost kind huh. of is saved her too, because he wants the fight. He wanted the fight, right? Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. No. Right. All right. I be- I better run now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was just typing up my like sad goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> your sad goodbye. Yeah. No. Um. I think that we all oh, it's been three hours. I think we've touched on a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> This is it. It's like, 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 for another oh, three good. hours, though. Like, that's the thing about this. <laughs> it's always like that. It's yeah, always yeah. like, it's been unbelievably it's, long. And anyone who's waiting for you is like, how can you possibly still be talking? And you're like, yeah. oh, I feel like we were only halfway through. I can yeah. keep going. <laughs> I know. I sent them to a craft fair and I thought that I had done a good job. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Damn. I didn't. I really didn't. Well, but we are going to. We'll we'll cap it at this. I think that I mean yeah. it's been a it's been a wonderful a wonderful discussion, yeah. and I'm excited that everybody got to join in. Thank um, you so much for including me and letting me play in your playground. Oh, anytime, literally, yeah, you. true, anytime, anytime, yeah. Well, it has but been yeah, a should... delight, even when the fic was not. It it's been wonderful talking with you guys about it yeah. as always. Yes, absolutely, truly. Thanks everybody for taking. Three hours out of your Sunday. I love it. 
there's almost <laughs> nothing I would rather be doing, to be honest. It yeah. was the best three hours. Yeah. 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 I know. Thank you. Honestly, like, I, gotta, I have I to go adults. parent, you know. What? No. I need to go drink water. Yes. <laughs> yes. Water. Hydrate, please. Hydrate. Yes. Pack my lunch. It's All like right. almost our dinner time. So, you know. Yeah, it's definitely dinner time here. Oh, true. Yes. But the time changes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna rush. Say it's such a right. pleasure. I'll see you later. Bye, Bye. Bye guys. Bye. Have a good one. All right. Bye.